When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd love for you to join in on the program today. The open line number 1300 01 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. We're going to have a stack of fun on summer mornings, I can tell you that much. Joining me on the show uh, shortly, Adam LaFondra, Sydney FC star. They take on MacArthur FC tomorrow and well, they need to get their skates on the Sky Blues. Showed some pretty good form, but inconsistent form nonetheless. Sammy Hargraves, who is our head calling it throughout the Big Bash summer and through, the, well, he calls all the, the best T20 games alongside Chuck Berry. He's going to be here for a BBL chat. And we'll, as I said, we'll revel in plenty of Christmas cheer as well. Speaking of Christmas cheer, I've walked in. So Joe Healy's just walked out and she's chatting with Keen now. What do you reckon they're talking about? Darning socks? No, it's all about ball. It's all about basketball for them. There is a mountain of Christmas crackers, a mountain of Christmas crackers on the desk here in our studios. i got to say I'm quietly confident they'll all be cracked in the next hour and a half. And the final hour of the show, we're just going to clear the guests, clear the decks, no guests, and we're just going to be telling cracker jokes, bad Christmas cracker jokes. And that will be Champagne Radio. 0457 736 736. Look, rugby league, it doesn't have an off-season, does it? Doesn't like the fact that cricket and soccer football is on the back page. Sam Burgess, former NRL star, denied taking illicit drugs. He was arrested over allegedly failing a roadside drug test in Sydney. Pulled over while driving his car, BMX, in Kingsford at about 10am yesterday. Given a drug test, allegedly returned a positive result. His lawyer, though, Brian Wrench, had told the Daily Telegraph that his client denies taking any drugs, denies it, Obtained a urine sample from an internationally accredited lab confirming that he has not consumed any illicit drugs. But further to that, checks by police during the roadside stop also revealed that his licence was allegedly suspended. So he's taken to Maroubra Police Station, charged with driving while suspended, and he is now listed to face Waverley Court on Feb 15. You know, as I said, he was vehement in his denial, Sam Burgess. A little harder to deny a lapsed licence, though. And all this, all of this after we were commending the Rabbitohs for their re-signings of Mitchell, Cook and Walker. And then from the Bunnies to the Dragons, you've got Junior Ramon. Dragons 5-8. I mean, Jesus wept. Dan Walsh writes that Junior or Talatau Junior Ramon spent the night behind bars. He was denied bail over an alleged hammer attack on a roofing contractor last month. Arrested yesterday morning, charged with reckless, grievous bodily harm in company, destroying property and intimidation in Wollongong local court with the matter from a November 15 incident was mentioned. And the arrest came after the arrest of his father, charged over the same incident. And that was reportedly sparked by, of, of all things, an argument over a vehicle being parked on a nature strip near their home in Warrawong. Legally parked too, I might add. So police statements allege that two tradesmen were confronted by three men armed with hammers, with the argument escalating to a physical altercation. Court documents allege that the men armed with hammers damaged the younger man's car while he climbed onto the roof, called police. And then police allege that the three aggressors chased a 39-year-old victim onto the roof before he was allegedly pushed and fell from a two-storey property. And Amon, young junior Amon, is alleged to have swung a hammer at him during the altercation. 
victim was chased on foot before authorities arrived. Treated for injuries to his wrist, arms, hip at the scene by paramedics taken to Wollongong Hospital. Detectives have since established strike form Chickham, strike force Chickham to further investigate the matter. Well, I guess we shall await the outcome of this investigation. Presumably, Amon will be stood down under the NRL no-fault stand-down policy, but it's not far-fetched to suggest he has played his last game for the St George Illawarra Dragons. The club, my club, has most certainly been in the wars. To Adam LaFonda from Sydney FC in a moment, just quickly still in the league. Trump Dravojevic, he is following in the footsteps of Latrell Mitchell. He will head to the USA to receive treatment on that troublesome hamstring. He's got no choice. Whatever it costs, if it's $50,000, then pay it. Because without him on the park, Manly are nothing. Well done to the Sixers too. They needed that win in the Big Bash last night. Notched their first victory of the season, defeating the Hurricanes by six runs in a rain-reduced affair at the SCG. Josh Philippi, named player of the match for his 43 off 21. And then also in wonderful news for Australian cricket, Meg Lanning, after taking an indefinite break from the game, back in the nets. And Meg has now earmarked the home ODI series against Pakistan for her return. So good on you, Meg. And that series begins January 16. 0457 736 736. Stack of other news to get through. But before that, got to talk a bit of A-League. You know, we're still on a high after the World Cup. So make sure you support the local game. Sydney FC will certainly be keen to celebrate Christmas Day with a victory. They host MacArthur Bulls tomorrow evening, Allianz Stadium. They met just over a month ago, if you recall. This match at Campbellstown Stadium was a thrilling game where the Sky Blues took away the three points. Uh, three two, that encounter ended up. I'll tell you what, two from two would be nice. And one man who was key to their fortunes is Adam LaFondra. He's on the line right now. Adam, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, look, the best gifts often come unwrapped, don't they? You need to bounce back from that last round loss to the Mariners. Tell me, how has the week been? Uh, yeah, like you say, we definitely need to bounce back. Um, it's been a very uh, sombering week because, you know, we were very good against Melbourne the, the week before, and then we thought that was a, a turning point for us, and we've, you know, let ourselves down as a group and not performed to our, our high standards at, at the Mariners and, you know, put us off back at square one really so you know for us it's um you know realization and, and you have to do the the hard yards every single day and take no one lightly in this league and you know um, I think it's a, a stark you know reality for us all now that we can't keep uh you know throwing away goals and, and giving teams goal starts and letting teams get on top of us because we are a, a dominant team and we need to we need to assert that for ninety minutes. Uh, Anthony Casera said after that Mariners game you know, despite the loss, pretty satisfied. And actually said the first 30 minutes was the best we've played all season. Did you agree with that assessment? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the, the first 25, 30 minutes, we were really progressive in our passing. We made a lot of forward runs. We got in behind them. Um, it was just too bad the, the following 60 minutes were awful, really, because we played, you know, we didn't do what we did in the first 30 minutes. We probably did the opposite, where we weren't progressive enough and we weren't uh, penetrating with our passing, which... You know, that's what you need to do. You need to turn teams around. You need to get in behind them. You need to cause problems. And we didn't do that. So, you know, we have to do that, sustain that for 90 minutes. And, um, you know, we're looking for a good bounce back performance um, on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because you play really good football in patches. But I think it's fair to say the form has been a bit inconsistent this year. Played lovely football. I mean, Robert Mack and Joe Lolly look to be fan favourites. So, so what do you do? I mean, promising football to, to sort of stretch that out over 80 minutes, but further to actually get results. I mean, what, what do you need to do? Is there much you need to change? I think for us, it's, 
we have to be more defensively resolute. I think uh, you alluded to obviously the attacking threats we do have. We we have no problems in in scoring goals. We've we've got to come together as a collective now and stop them going in at our end because um, I don't think there'll be a problem. Obviously, like I say, us scoring goals. It's us being defensively strong enough to to stop the the opposition scoring. I think that's our biggest challenge and one we have to overcome if we want to be a successful team. England played some pretty nice football in the World Cup, but obviously we're going to claim you almost as an honorary Australian now, Adam. You, you would have watched <laughs> the fortunes of the Socceroos and, uh, and and you have a connection to it because you play with these guys and against these guys. You know, Graham Arnold said the performance was testament to the relative strength of the A-League. You have spent time in various leagues throughout your career. I mean, how, how does the standard of the A-League stack up? Yeah, of course. You know, obviously it is improving. It's a, it's a growing league. I think obviously going in Australia we're very much the underdog and I think it's shown, you know, that's the sort of spirit that Australia encapsulates is the, the underdog spirit of proving everyone wrong and I think, you know, the boys did really fantastic for that and they really shone a light on the other league as well, the, the players who play here and, you know, obviously Goodwin and Lecky who both starred for the Socceroos um, they showed that the A-League isn't a league to be sniffed at and I think you know, as a as a as long as I've been here, the, the, the league is slowly and and, and got better over time and grown into a, a much better standard. And obviously it's a platform for players to, or younger players to, to play here and, and ground their feet before they, you know, jet set into Europe and mm. hopefully progress their careers. You've now spent a number of Christmases in Australia. Are, are you used to the warmer weather at this time of year, Adam? <laughs> no, no, that's one thing um, <laughs> I'm not used to yet. You know, uh, you know, obviously it's not only about minus five, it's minus five back home. So, yeah. Uh, a bit of snow around, so obviously uh, I'm not quite used to it yet being 30 degrees. I'm literally toasting now at Macquarie Park, so um, you know it is nice to have a change like that. Obviously, I don't really fancy being at minus five, minus six at the moment, so it's nice being there. You know, it's common for us that are on the sidelines behind microphones to just, you know, let ourselves go a little bit during the festive season, uh, you know, a couple of ales and, and plenty of food. So let me ask you, to, to Stevie Corica, to the dietitians, to the medical staff, to give you any leeway to maybe eat a bit more as long as you, you know, still hit your marks in training? Uh, no, I think as a professional, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. Uh, you know, it's sort of an unwritten rule. You can't enjoy Christmas really. Um, Obviously, the best way to enjoy it is by winning winning football games. You know, then it's you know it means something. Uh, you know, I think for us, we need to give the fans a little bit of festive cheer because, like you said before, we've been a bit inconsistent this season. So, um, I think what better way than to to start the festive period with three points, and you know that comes off the back of a really good uh, performance. Hopefully, uh, against Macarthur for Christmas Eve. Mm, you've got a few injury concerns. Uh, the same can't be said for MacArthur. Dwight York's done some really good stuff with this side. I think they're fifth in the ladder. Oh, they had a great win over Perth Glory. Uh, what are you anticipating from them tomorrow? Yeah, they're, they're a good team. You know, there's, there's not really a bad team in this league. So if you underestimate anyone, then you get punished like, like I said we did last weekend. We uh, got a little bit complacent and we got punished for that. So I think for us, we've got to obviously focus on ourselves and, and how we stay consistent throughout the 90 minutes and perform to the best of our abilities and Obviously, nullifying their threats, so, you know, Noon, De Villa, um, obviously the Silver as well. They've got some very talented attacking players, so we have to, you know, be wary of them, but also you know, focus on what we can we can do as a team because we believe that we've got enough ability enough to to hurt them as well. And Adam, of course, we can't ignore what has been the big news in the A League this week. Just a thought on on the footage, the incident that we saw. The pitch invasion, Melbourne last weekend, extremely disappointing that you know the game is hijacked by by a handful of thugs. 
Yeah, you know, obviously it's um, it's disgusting seeing as a player. Um, you know, seeing that was, you know, you shouldn't have your safety put at risk. Obviously, I don't condone anything that that happened. Um, you know, I'm quite lucky that the the fans in Sydney have we've never had anything like that before, and you know, I don't expect anything like that to happen. Um, but as a player, it is obviously alarming to see. Um, and obviously, I know there was there's stuff that happened before that, but still. Um, you know, it was very scary to to see that someone comes on and throws a bin at you. Um, mm. It's not nice as a player, and you see him all blooded and stuff. Obviously, you can understand the frustrations, but um, like I say, it's not it's not the greatest scenes to see for football, especially after you know all the positivity that's happened from the Socceroos and the World Cup. Correct. You want it to be a family-friendly environment. It will be at Allianz Stadium tomorrow. Sydney FC, MacArthur, uh, hopefully you get the win. That'll be a great Christmas present. All the best. Uh, you know, watch the waistline as well, of course. <laughs> Not that I need to tell you as a professional athlete. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Best of luck tomorrow. No worries. Thanks very much. Have a good Christmas, guys. And to you, Merry Christmas. There is uh, Adam LaFondra, the star of Sydney FC. 0457736736. They are disciplined, aren't they, these athletes? You know, give a bit of ham or... Have a few eggnogs. No, 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 we can't. We just can't afford to do it. And I thought, well, he's sweltering now, trading in 30-degree heat. I mean, if you did, you'd burn it off a hell of a lot quicker than you would in the minus five temperature from his homeland. Most certainly. Boxing Day test, how good is this going to be? Steve Smith has called for a little bit better Boxing Day pitch than last summer. Do you remember that? It was over, I think, what? couple of days, three days it was. MCC boss Stuart Fox, he spoke to this network yesterday and he's hit out that the unfair pressure placed on curators around the country. So all eyes now on this pitch being produced in Melbourne by MCG curator Matt Page. And the, the wicket for last year's Ashes clash against England, according to Steve Smith, finished inside three days. The tourist, tourists remember roll for 68 in the second dig. He said that was the worst he'd played on in Australia until what we saw at the Gabba last week. You know, how, what are the mitigating circumstances here? Are we heaping, as Stuart Fox is, too much unfair pressure on the curators around the country? Because he said that the MCG, Stuart Fox, has spent millions of dollars following its own horror in 2017, which is a, yeah, horror is the right word. Remember that pitch, 2017, Boxing Day wicket? It just was flat. They could have played for 10 days for no result. Alastair Cook won't get an easier double hundred in his entire career. 100 to Smith, 100 to Warner. That was rated poor. But anyway, he's back page to produce a perfect pitch. And to be fair, it's, it's been a lot better in recent years, despite the uh, the short finishing time last season. So we don't listen to what's going on externally and, and on and on he goes. He actually gets angry about some of the journalism around this issue, to be honest. It's, it's a big topic of conversation, isn't it? Worldwide, the state of pitches. Melbourne's expected to bake from Christmas Day onwards. Temperatures in excess of 30 degrees set for the first three days. Might have some showers as well, which is not unsurprising for Melbourne. He said, Matt Page would not be influenced by critics or the match in Brisbane in preparing a pitch that was already looking good. He's one of the best in the game. He's he's a great curator. I'm expecting a good pitch. I'd just like a test to go, let's forget even five days, let's just say four days. Can we get one to last four days? All I want for Christmas... It's Mariah Carey, and please don't play that song, lad. All I want for Christmas is you. No, all I want for Christmas is a four- or five-day test match. 0457-736-736. Now, let me ask you this, and I did float this yesterday. Hey, what's on your menu for Christmas Day? What is on your menu for Christmas Day? Are you one of these now that says, you know what, we're 
Forget the, the hot roasts. If it's going to be 30 degrees, we'll just have some prawns and maybe a mango salad or and just keep it sort of you know, fresh seafood, which I absolutely love, don't get me wrong. Or do you do the roast? Do you do the roast pork? And everybody has their world's best chef aprons on. So, no, 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 I'll tell you how to do the best crackling. You know, everyone's is the best. If you do do pork crackling, can you text me now on the open line or call me? 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. And the open line number, 1300 Uh What's in the Christmas menu? Can you tell me how you do the best pork crackling? And Christmas sports, Christmas traditions. Is there something that you do on Christmas Day that the whole family gets involved in? So maybe it's backyard cricket. So run through your backyard cricket rules. But like at my brother's place, we have massive, mad table tennis competitions. It gets very, very spicy. But then afterwards, you know, might sit down to Monopoly. And I've had games of Monopolies that have, you know, been going for three years. I don't think I have the patience for Monopoly anymore. Are you one of these board game families on Christmas? If so, what's your go-to? What's your strength? What board game are you gun at? And your backyard cricket rules plus your pork crackling recipes. Get cracking. Let me know, please. 0457 736 736. A very festive summer mornings this Friday with Julian King. Summer mornings on the SE Network with Julian King, 0457 736 736. It's going to be very festive on the program today. Uh, Stuckonnew.com.au has listed their 11 key rules for backyard cricket. I'm going to go through those. Uh, with a fine tooth comb, and I need your feedback on that as well. Christmas traditions. Do you have any Christmas traditions in terms of sporting competition? Could be backyard cricket, maybe board games, maybe table tennis. I want to hear about that. What's on the menu as well? And how do you do a good pork crackling? Nick, on the text line, leave the roast uncovered in the fridge overnight just before you put it in the oven. Pour boiling water over the fat, pat dry, then cover in oil and salt. Now, that's the key, isn't it, Nick? You've got to dry it out. You've got to keep it really dry. So I've heard that a few times to leave it in the fridge, but presumably you pour boiling water. You would have scored the fat beforehand because the boiling water, the heat sort of expands it. And by doing that, once you pat it, it allows the salt to get deeper into the fat. I, I think I'm right in saying that. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. You sound like a pro. To the open line we go. Hello, Paramount. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, Merry Christmas, Jules, and Merry Christmas to all the, all the brilliant FEN listeners and callers. And uh, we've had another fantastic year. It's been great. So, uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Pleasure. What do you got? I've got a, I've got a, an addition to add on to, uh, to Nick's brilliant tip there to make sure your, your crackling is up to scratch. Yeah. One of the biggest issues for everybody that's sitting around looking at the pork crackling on, uh, on Christmas Day is, is there going to be enough? <laughs> and there never is. No, if you've no. got the one lump of pork. So uh, a friend of mine, or I don't know where I might have even heard it on this a year or two ago, but uh, you go to the butchers a day or two beforehand and you ask for a roll of pork crackling. And if you've got a whole mob of hungry buggers, get two rolls of pork crackling. And it's actually an, a, a whole additional load of pork crackling that you can put on a separate baking tray. Yeah. Do all the normal treatment that you do for the crackling or the, or the surface of the pork. But you only put it in for the last 10 or 15 minutes, still on full bore heat. On high, yeah. And, you crank uh, it, and don't put you? it on its own little flat tray. Yeah. And you've got plenty to share. Really uh, that's a genius tip, Paramount. And I'm glad you mentioned that because then I thought, you know, would you have to cook it differently because it's not attached to you know, the big hunk of meat? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, did you, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld, that episode where they just want to eat the muffin tops. 
muffin. So he tries just to bake the muffin tops, but didn't work. I said, you've got to bake the whole muffin, rip the top off, then discard the bottom. So I'm wondering if there, was sort of, there are parallels yep. there with the pork, like you still had to cook the whole thing, but you're saying no. So just get a roll of pork crackling. Keep a very close eye on it. It does burn quickly because it doesn't have the bulk underneath it as well. Yeah. Do you, do you oil your crackling or not, Paramount? Do you put oil on it? Because some people... Fragile. Do you put oil on your crackling? Because some do, some don't. No, I just generally just do the same as what Nick was suggesting there. Just do the, the, the scoring, the rub the salt in, let it dry out a little and then whack her in. But, yeah. you know, full bore heat yeah. again. It still needs the full the full heat to crackle up. Yeah. But uh, you just got to keep a really close eye on it. Set a timer on your on your phone or something like that every three minutes or five minutes. Don't forget about it. <laughs> it just does burn up very quickly when it's, when it's ready. The other thing Santa needs to bring SEN is a, uh, a sound equaliser for all the all the uh, geeks in the in the uh, tech room there. Mm-hmm. See if they can equalise the sound between uh, callers and live uh, microphone and the play-ons and everything else. When I'm listening over here in Perth, mate, on the podcast, I'm wearing my thumb out and the volume dial on the on the radio, up and down, up and down. So ah, so they're okay. To SEN, but so. Whoever's Not much up. else to improve. You improve on perfection of the end there, mate. Oh, very kind, Matt. We'll, we'll appreciate your feedback. We have taken it on board, and we'll see if we can't normalise that, though, uh, for future reference. Thank you, mate. You stay safe. Good, mate. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and you, Power Matt, who's a, a regular contributor to Network. And we love all our contributors here. Merry Christmas to you all. 0457 736 736. Uh, back our cricket rules. We're going to have vigorous debate about that. Do you play the table tennis and board games? I want to know your board game preferences. Is that a tradition in your household in Christmas? And what is the board game? You know, maybe you're a Pictionary person. Maybe you, what's that other one? Um, uh, I don't know. What's the one where you got to, you can't say the word, Mark? But Articulate. You, articulate's a great one. There's, a, there's another one I'm thinking of. Um, it'll come to me anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jason, just before we get the news headlines, morning, Jules. Whatever Sam Burgess says, he's not that bright. If his licence is suspended for whatever reason, he's driving his car registered to him. Every time a police number plate alert spots his plate, it will alert the officer to the fact the registered owner is suspended. Not too bright. Rugby league, off-season, always a laugh. Thank you from Jason from Blacktown, and a Merry Christmas to you. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. the open line number. Happy to take your calls today. Let's get the news headlines. feel like dancing twinkle-toe down gumdrop lane. Stuart on the text line, Pictionary, that's his go-to. What's your go-to board game? You're big on the board games during the Christmas period. Does it result in, like, family feuds where you don't talk to somebody for the good part of three years? I reckon, Stuart, Pictionary's top five for Christmas board game traditions. Uh, Monopoly, yeah, Bananagrams is a popular one. Scattergrees, Mark, was the one I was thinking of. Articulate's great. I'm a big fan of Balderdash as well. 0457 736 736. Uh, do you play board games in Christmas? And if so, which ones? Keep those recipes coming in for pork crackling, what's on the menu, and the backyard cricket. The backyard cricket rules. I'm going to go through those in great detail in a moment on the program. And as I did say, there's a mountain of Christmas crackers here in the studio. So as, as we welcome in uh, two buck Chuck Charles in charge for the first time today. Charles, good morning. Good morning. Good we're morning, going to crack this live on air. Yep. Okay, ready? No cheating. And go. I win. Expected a slightly louder bang. Me too. Than that. The thing about it is, you know, and Christmas is for everyone, but you know, some people buy the really cheap, really cheap Christmas crackers, where the crappy little sort of plastic trinket, 
And then other people have the nice expensive ones where you have metal on the inside. So one year I cracked a Christmas cracker and inside was like a metal, uh, like a like a bottle stop, you know, you put oh. in the top of the bottle, right? thing about it is you go crack, it flung across the room and this big hunk of metal flew across the table like a missile and took out a wine glass. So I just ask our listeners, if you're going to have the fancy pants Christmas crackers, just be wary that a slightly heavier prize on the inside may damage your glassware or your crockery. Now, do you have a joke in there for us, Charles in Charge? I do. I do have a joke, but I also there's no, like, toy inside. What? There's, it's just got okay, the hat which I've put on. who's responsible for this? There's no, it's not a Christmas cracker if it doesn't have a toy. Yeah, it needs no. those, those uh, moustache combs or, like, a bottle opener or, like, one of those really cheap um, little fake moustaches. But anyway, I've got, what do you get if you cross a sheep with a kangaroo? Uh, a woolly jumper. Correct. Yeah, there is Correct. old as time. Yeah. There is old as time. That's not bad. No. That's it, not it's, bad. It's not the worst one I've, I've ever seen. Do we add that to the list? Christmas cracker jokes. If you've got any Christmas cracker jokes, let us know. Backyard cricket rules as well. Yes. Yep. What do you got for me? Are we doing ooh, Chuck's Chronicle or Controversy Corner? Uh, do, do a bit of both with uh, with uh, Chucky's uh, Chronicles. Um, so... I every single Christmas leading up to it, I watch uh, a moody Christmas, which, if you don't know, is a fantastic Australian, Australian uh, six-part miniseries uh, about Dan, who lives in London, and he returns every year for Christmas, and things inevitably always go wrong. And uh, here's a little excerpt from it. What happened to her anyway, to Phoebe? <clears throat> Grandma got sick, so she um she couldn't couldn't make it out. Some kind of um respiratory thing. She dumped you. At the airport. What a dog. Just, can you just not say anything? I just, uh, oh. I can do that in the third degree. When are you going to finish this grass? I told you my mower's being fixed. Well, use the whippersnapper. Um, thanks, Dr. Green Thumbs. Do you run a garden company? No, I do. I, I don't have to run a bloody garden. Lot. You can't do a whole yard with a whippersnapper, you maniac. No one does a Christmas like us. Yeah, so it, what I love about it most is that it's just so quintessentially Australian. It yeah. takes place during the middle of the summer. There's squabbles, there's fights, there's weird uncles, there's overbearing aunts. It's just, it's probably my favourite thing. And so that inspired me for today's Chucky Chronicles. So I'm going to deliver what I want to see from from the listeners early. Imagine your favourite sports team is a family and they're getting ready to spend Christmas Day and have lunch together. What are the traditions? What will go right? What goes wrong? Who will inevitably embarrass themselves at the Christmas lunch? What presents might be shared? What are they going to be eating? So just imagine your favourite team is a family getting ready for Christmas lunch. What's happening on Christmas Day? Well, if it's the Dragons, a uh, certain 5-8 won't be attending. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'll leave. The other thing about Christmas Day, everyone's a chef. You know, whether you do a Christmas barbecue. Oh, is that how you're doing it, eh? <laughs> Are you turning that like that? Oh, no, no, no. It's, no, no I want to get in it. You're in charge, mate. I'm just... But they just sort of cow from the sideline, which is not cool. Yeah. You know, like, oh... You're putting the pork crackle in the oven, eh? What, you only got a 180 and I'd be pushing... You know, they all tell you how to do it. What well, drives me insane. Well, one thing that I find in suffer with my family is that they always tell me how to um, uh, de-shell my prawns. I love prawns. Probably my favourite thing on Christmas. And I always get rid of the poop shoot. You should get rid of the and, poop And shoot. a lot of people don't. A lot of people mm. in my family just say, well, what are you doing that for? It's a waste of time. And I said, i got to get rid of it. It's mm. the, where all the, the gunk and crap is. But no... I always get rid of it, but they always. So you get criticize. mocked for removing the poop shoot on the prawns. It's a it's a thankless task, isn't it? Someone's here goes do it. four kilos of prawns. You shell them. Oh god! Got a little bowl of lemon water to dip your yeah. prawns into as well. <laughs> and simplicity. I don't like drowning the prawns in heavy sauces. Just a bit of lemon 
is enough for me. Okay, same with oysters. Yeah. I don't understand anyone that eats cooked oysters. Fresh, the natural salty brine of the sea, maybe a bit of lemon salt, straight down the hatch. I love oysters. You don't yeah, chew on the good. oyster? No, no, no. Maybe half the chip, but you swallow it whoom, straight down the No, I, I yeah. chew on it. I, I want to get all those creamy textures all over my mouth. You know, it's sort of a <laughs> thing about it is, do you like the uh, do you like the the Pacific or the Sydney Rock? Sydney Rock. I, I like a good Sydney Rock oyster. Yeah, I don't mind either, actually. Yeah. Oysters, Pretty, uh, oysters only the triple A rating for me, though. <laughs> yeah. Only the AAA rating. Uh, hey, Jules, Yahtzee is our go-to board game. That's a great one. Monopoly takes too long. Yeah, it does. You know, everybody starts Monopoly full of beans. Then about an hour and a half, and yeah, you know what? Just take my take my properties. I don't care. Here, have my cash. I'm going to get a beer. That that's yeah. how Monopoly inevitably ends up. And there's always one that just takes it really seriously. That's me. Really, I'm, I'm very competitive. Yeah. I, I lose patience. I lose all patience. Monopoly. You're right, though. Care from Camden ends up with participants not talking to each other. Thank <laughs> him for that, mate. Uh, Merry Christmas. And this one, morning, Jules. Thank you, Adam. Merry Christmas. An easy and no fuss way to get perfect pork crackling. Use the air fryer. Ah, yes. My wife did it earlier this year. Magnificent. It's actually a bit of a misnomer because an air fryer is not really a fryer. It's more like an oven, like a dry sort of convection oven. But it does brilliant pork crackling. The only problem I have with that, Adam, is that the air fryer is not big enough to take a big – so you've got to kind of cut it or have smaller pieces. That's the only downside. We've already upgraded our air fryer twice. You know, it's going to be the size of the stove before we know it. 0457 736 736. Your Christmas traditions are, do you play backyard cricket? We get into the game of table tennis and further to that, board games. We love the board games. Scattergrees, Articulate, Pictionary, Bananagrams, all of the above. Do they end up in fights? Give me a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Tell us what's on your Christmas menu. Uh, the Port Mac Eel says, Jules, go to Coles, buy a porchetta. Dry it, leave it uncovered in the fridge for a day. Brush with a little, what's Evu? Cook in an oven or a barbecue rotisserie. Perfect, thank you. So the key here from our learned listeners, leave it uncovered. So the key is to dry out that rind, dry out the fat. That'll crackle and crisp up nicely. You're writing this down, Charles? Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Mark? Hey, oh, good hey, morning to you. Your good morning. First... Now, am I to understand this is your first hot summer? This is my first. Wow. No, I've had hot summers in the UK. But sorry, sorry, hot Christmas, my apologies. Christmas, yes. yes, yes, it is. By the way, Evu, extra virgin olive oil. Oh, yes, okay, there right. There One of those, yeah. 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 first Christmas in Australia. Only moved here in April, so it's, it's exciting for you, isn't it? moment it hits 12 o'clock today, straight up, straight up to the central coast, barbecue, beaches, doing the all very stereotypical, very Australian Christmas. Isn't it funny you go the other way, and you know, I've been in Europe in winter and really enjoyed the white Christmas and the snow I you know, prefer the, that. the mulled wine, or a little oh. cottage in Yorkshire, and I looked at it was snow, and I looked out the window, and there was a pheasant just walking around. I said, "This is what we grew up with in the books." Yeah, you know, so much so that even though we have hot summer Christmases here in Australia, people seem to get the spray-on snow for their Christmas tree. <laughs> no, that's it's pretty toxic. That stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a, a Christmas family, my my sporting family, for for Charles. Got so on. my my team is the New England Patriots. As is mine. Oh, well, we, that, we have a get a room here too. Yeah. Honestly, so uh, for me, the, what, what I'm what I'm going for here is every Christmas, you know what you're getting. It's the best. Turkey's the best. You love your turkey. You've got to have your Christmas turkey. Overrated. And it feels like Bill Belichick at the moment, and the New England Patriots are trying something fancy. They're trying a goose. It's They're a trying weird, a whole salmon at the moment. Yeah. And all we want 
is the roast turkey back. Bring back the roast turkey. That's all New England wants. Can I just tell you, just on that, roast that turkey top. is the most overrated Christmas meal. Oh, what? Absolutely average. You're wrong, but it's you, you are wrong. You are it's wrong. It's full of tryptophan, so you have that with a couple of beers, you're asleep by two in the afternoon. That's what I want. I, I want to be in a food coma. You know, I just think it's average. What turkey It is not my buying? first, second, or third choice. It's better than the turducken. The turkey the duck and chicken will <laughs> roll into them. It's the best of both worlds, best of all three worlds. Thank you, gentlemen. 0457 736 736. Your pork recipe, what's on the menu? Uh, sporting traditions. Do you have any in your family Christmas Day? I've got in front of me a website that says the 11 undisputed rules of backyard cricket. We'll, we'll examine that forensically after the break summer mornings. Jill's in the chair, summer mornings. I don't want to kill anyone's Christmas spirit, but if I don't hear that Mariah Carey song again, I, it will not be a moment too soon. Just back to Pictionary, which seems to be a, a board game of choice to families Christmas time. You know the one thing, every time you're so going to play Pictionary, there's always inevitably one person, no, I'm hopeless at Pictionary, why? I can't draw. You don't need to know how to draw, all right? You're not asking you to replicate the Mona Lisa. You've just got to be very good at stick figures and then conjure up sort of an intricate network of symbols to communicate an object or whatever the case may be. That's it. That's all that's involved in Pictionary. Do you have a board game theme or tradition at Christmas? Likewise, your backyard cricket rules. Want to hear that? Pork crackling recipes. What's on the menu? It's a festive program on the menu on SEN Summer Mornings. Just on Scrabble. Uh, an old mate of mine is actually top 20 ranked in the country. He went to Scrabble tournaments. And I said, what are the rules? For, you know, is that a word? Is that not a word? And said, the standard would be, say, for example, you'd agree on the Collins Dictionary. If it's in the dictionary, formal, informal, doesn't matter. If it's in there, you can play it. So you can have all the vulgarities you like. And I remember once playing against my uncle and I played the word dunk. He goes, I don't like it. So I don't care if you don't like it. It's a word. I don't care if you think it sounds crude. Not that it sounds particularly crude. Too bad. And these are the sort of disputes that can stem from competition around Christmas time, especially with a few uh, mulled wines under your belt. 0457 736 736. Want to take your calls after the news? one three hundred o one eleven seventy. Talking Christmas traditions, backyard cricket, board games. We'll talk some Big Bash with Sammy Hargraves as well. You're with Julian King on SEN Mornings. Yeah, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second hour of the program. Julian King with you on SEN Mornings. Welcome to our listeners tuning in in Queensland via SENQ693, SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast, anyone across the globe via the SEN app. Uh, thank you to my dear friend. I've known him for a little bit. Well, the first person I ever worked with, first people I ever worked with in radio was Mark Potsy Braybrook way back in 2009. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Potsy, if you're listening. Uh, text now flying in thick and fast. Matt says, Jules, backyard cricket rule number one. Bounce the living daylights, daylights out, out of <laughs> Pardon me. I had a whole bunch of sesame snaps during okay. the break, and you know how they get stuck in your teeth. I'll try that again, Matt. Take two. Jules, <clears throat> backyard cricket rule number one. Bounce the living daylights out of your hated sister-in-law. <laughs> Somebody else mentioned chin music. We'll get to those in a moment, but it's interesting, isn't it? It's really interesting. Everyone's sort of got their own tweak on the rules. They've all got their own tweak on the rules. Now, just to some cricket news. Australia are going to welcome back skipper Meg Lanning. This is wonderful news from a five-month break in next month's ODI series with Pakistan. We know that the Australian skipper, or the former Australian skipper, stepped away from cricket indefinitely for personal reasons. This was back in August, start of the Com Games, but she has been named to lead the team during a three-match ODI series beginning Brisbane, January 16. 
Australia will play two matches against Pakistan at Allen Border Field before the third at North Sydney Oval. That match, Jan 21. Now, her return, Meg Lanning, is certainly going to give the squad a boost. This will be in the absence of Elisa Healy. She's going to miss the series, Elisa, with a calf injury. Of course, they just played, completed their series against India. And Talia McGrath took over the captaincy. Well, this isn't a really good time for her to return. Because Healy, captain the side, as you know, during Lanning's time off, pushing to be fit for this series against Pakistan. Well, the T20 World Cup, rather, in South Africa, beginning on February 11. But just having a look at this squad. So the squad is Meg Lanning, Talia McGrath, Darcy Brown, Nicola Carey, Ash Gardner, Kim Garth, the former Irish international, Jess Johnson, Alana King, Phoebe Litchfield, Beth Mooney, Elise Perry, Megan Shoup and Annabelle Sutherland. So a strong side, 465, who hammered me on Wednesday. Good morning to you. How is there no Grace Harris in the ODI squad? Yeah, that was a, a bigger mission, I thought. Uh, you've said it's pathetic. I've tidied that up a bit. Phoebe Litchfield, and even though she has done nothing, you think she's overrated. She's a star of the future, Phoebe Litchfield. I love Grace Harris. She can hit a ball. Certainly hit a ball. Unlucky. But you'd have to say, just on face value, Harris is the one that had to make way for the return of Big Lanning. Well, someone has to make way for Big Lanning, and they've decided to invest in the future by retaining Phoebe Lishfield. Now, this was funny. This was funny. We spoke to Adam LaFondra in the first hour of the program. Despite still reeling from defeat in the 2022 FIFA World Cup final, France forward Olivier Olivier Giroud hasn't missed the chance to fire back at soccer striker Jason Cummings. So the Australian striker recently revealed that after the group match against Le Bleu, he unsuccessfully tried to swap shirts with both Kylian Mbappe and Giroud. Rejected by both in brutal fashion, Central Coast Mariners played joke that Giroud even pretended he couldn't speak English to avoid him. And he said, he's speaking of the Channel 10's The Project, Jason Cummings said, after the France game, I tried to get Mbappe. Forget about Giroud. I went for the top boy. He told me to meet him in the change rooms. Went to the change rooms. The kit man was there. Gave him my top 10 minutes later. Came out with my jersey and said, no, nah, absolutely not. He doesn't want to swap. <laughs> Bum steer from Killian. So when I walked back to my changing room, I've seen Giroud as handsome as ever. He does have impressive hair for a 36-year-old. I'll give him that, Olivia. I asked him, Giroud, please, man, can I get your shirt, mate? I'm a big fan. Can I get your shirt? He just walked past me, pretended he never spoke English, and he's been in the Premier League for 10 years. <laughs> he walked right past me, but... But this incident has quickly made global headlines. Caught the attention of Giroud himself, was taken the chance to clarify things. So the former Arsenal star Giroud can indeed speak English. Seemingly avoided Cummings, having already promised his jersey to another soccer in the form of midfielder Jackson Irvine. And he's tweeted Oliver Giroud, Hi Jackson Irvine, how's my English mate? Laugh emojis. And he's put a photograph of Jackson Irvine's number 22 playing shirt. Pretty funny stuff. Pretty funny stuff. We came off the bench, that, mate. They, they do what they can. Who was it that got uh, Messi's shirt? Was it Cammy Devlin? Or Cam Devlin. Cam Hearts, Devlin. Yeah. Didn't get on the field. But you know what? That's a prized possession, isn't it? Because, I mean, how many people would want a Messi shirt, particularly after what he achieved? Salt Bay himself couldn't get it. The man who charges 1000 bucks for a steak. No steaks for me on Christmas. Plenty of prawns, plenty of pork as well. Tell me your pork crackling recipe, your backyard cricket rules and whatever tweaks you might have on that 0457 736 736. Uh, Daisy, hello to you, Daisy. Morning, Jules. What are your rules on chin music? I always love to steam in, whiz them past the head of anyone that's batting. Couldn't agree with you more on turkey. Overrated, don't bother. Big Merry Christmas to you and the team. Uh, straight back at you, Daisy. Thank you. Oh, look, chin music, I think it also depends, Daisy, on, on who's batting. So if you convince Nana to, to pick up the bat, well, you're not going to bounce Nana, are you? 
It also depends what you put, because with a tennis ball, it's probably hard to get the ball up to the chin if, if you're using a grass pitch, for example. But if you're playing on the pavement, different story. So it all depends on the match conditions. So if the pitch gets a poor rating, I don't know. But yeah, uh, as a general rule of thumb, I reckon, I'm just thinking off the cuff here, Daisy, backyard cricket rules, I reckon, depending on who's batting, uh, one, one bouncer. I reckon you get one per over. So you're still bowling overs, right? Six balls. So you get one bouncer and then you flick it over to the next person. And if you're under 12, you're allowed to lob the ball. But thank you, Daisy. Appreciate your input throughout the year. 0457 736 736. We're going to get up to Hammy, uh, Sammy Hargraves very shortly on the program. Our phone box has just crashed, so we'll get Sammy back. No doubt he'll have many things to say about backyard cricket rules, the do's and the don'ts. Shane, hello to you, Shane. Merry Christmas. Definitely agree with turkey. Worst meat on the Christmas table. What do you think of that, Mark? He's wrong, but it's okay. I beg your pardon. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Shane. Listen, you're down under, mate. Mm. What's you're that? You're down under. Hey, are you a prawn eater, Mark? Oh, yeah, a lot of prawns. Yeah, do you de-poop them? You take the poop shoot out of the poop? Um, I'm one of these people who I think my, my mother-in-law will be doing all that for me. I have them ready to go. Your mother-in-law? Be... Well, not my mother-in-law, but I yeah. Beg... Oh, so, well, oh, hang on. Have you revealed something that perhaps you shouldn't? Are, are we thinking that you're going to... Take that plunge. Or? If my partner's listening to the to, to me in this station right now, I'll you can have three engagement rings. <laughs> three engagement rings. You're a very generous future, man. Future, I'll say future. There if we are. nothing else, Manly fans will be happy with this news. Their full star fullback Tontra Boyevic, who did his hammy for about the thousandth time today, uh, training the other week, uh, he is going to follow in the footsteps of Latrell Mitchell. He's going to head to the USA, jet set to the USA to receive treatment on his troublesome hamstring. He suffered that um, earlier this month. He battled similar issues in the past, as we know. And, of course, Latrell Mitchell headed to Philadelphia. That was in the middle of last season to visit specialist Bill Knowles. Bill Knowles returned to form in emphatic fashion in the second half of the 2022 campaign. So stripped some weight as well, Latrell Mitchell. It was in career-best form. I guess the only issue there is that Tom Trebojevic's injury history is slightly more checkered than Mitchell's. But the Seagulls are confident that the trip will pay dividends. It's funny because Blake Solly was asked about this and he said, yeah, it was worth every set. And if I'm Manly, I'm sending Tom Trebojevic. He's the star player. I mean, they're on the cusp of the eight. And if it wasn't for the Pride jersey saga, which derailed them late in the season, Manly, you factor in the fact that they didn't have their star player, Trebojevic. They were going to make the eight, the Eagles. They were going to make it. He's on the park. They're a different football team. 0457-736-736. And yes, Turkey is overrated. Uh, one man who knows all the backyard cricket rules, the ins and outs of it, who knows everything about the Big Bash, is our friend Sammy Hargraves is on the line right now. Hello, Sam. Merry Christmas. Uh, to you too, Jules, and to your listeners and family and anyone just remotely connected with you. Oh, thank you, mate. Uh, backyard cricket rules. Uh, a couple of people on the text line have said, is chin music permitted? And I said, well, it depends if you're playing on the grass or playing on the driveway, because it's a bit hard to get a tennis ball up with the chin if, you, if you're digging it into the, the thick bull-eye grass here in Sydney. But it also depends on who's batting, right? So if Nana's the good part in the 70s, you're not going to bounce her. But maybe it's a case of, you know, you're allowed one bouncer and over. Your thoughts? Well, I think if you you need to establish these rules nice and early True. Uh, before everyone steps out there, because as someone who was known within my family as um, the uh, provider of the greatest tantrums on Christmas Day cricket matches, is that right? This is why, and and this is what my bugbear was at the time that the rules hadn't been established. And when my grandfather bowled me out once when I was eleven, um, I don't think I ever picked up a bat again on Christmas Day mm. uh, until he he left us. Um, 
you, but if you're not prepared once the rules are established to take a few up around the penthouse, then you shouldn't be out there playing. Agreed. So yeah. you can absolutely put in a bouncer on Christmas Day as long as it's been agreed to ahead of time when mm. the rules have been established. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's character building, isn't it? And you know, tennis... it is, and we don't discriminate. So if, if Nan wants to pick up the willow after the rules have been established, then you are well within your right. <laughs> it's like the footy player has <laughs> been battling the hamstring injury, and they so say we're going to target this player. They say, well, "Hey, listen, you cross that boundary, you're fair game. You are fair game." You know, one hundred percent. And, and yeah. you know what? I don't think Nan would have it any other way. No, no. In fact, she'd be proud of you. She'd be proud of you. That's yeah, what Nan. She's seen things and been through things that you've got no idea about in your pampered world right now. Nan's not going to worry too much about you going at probably around 85 kilometres an hour, mm. thinking that you're up around the 140 mark, <laughs> yeah. uh, giving her some chin music. Yeah. No drama you'll, with that. You'll think you're bowling at Nokia pace, but you're bowling slower than Nathan Lyon on a good pitch. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. As long as you don't take out her prize rosebush, because then you're in big, big trouble. And, of course, if you, if you somehow manage be, with, with the willow to, to land it in the potato salad, well, that's immediate dismissal. You're out. Well, the rose bush for us uh, used to be, because it was alongside the, the strip we played at, mm. that used to be David Boone at short leg for us. Yeah. And if you, got one in, if you got one that just even touched the leaf, Boone, he was taking that, as he did for Shane Warne's hat-trick ball mm. back in 94, MCG Boxing Day test. Yep. So the rose bush was always out because that was Boone. Yeah, that, that's a good point you make, actually. We strategically placed, you know, plants and pot plants can act as fielders. The dog can act as a fielder. Uh, yeah, I actually, yes. you know, this, this is interesting. You know, listeners have certainly plenty of thoughts on this. You talked about Nana. Uh, age shall not weary them. Uh, Socky was pretty good for the Sixers last night. Uh, rain reduced a fair. Uh, one for seven off his two overs. He's 38 years young. But they needed this, the Sixers. 0-2, uh, the last year's finalists, against a pretty decent opposition in the Hurricanes. Yeah, it's interesting. Both these teams, I think, have got the potential to go deep uh, into the big bats, but they sort of haven't really got it going yet this year. And it's been because maybe some of their bigger names or the people that they thought they were going to get more out of just haven't quite found their groove yet, but it's okay. It's a long season, as we know, and complain about on the regular. Um, the, the the win for the Sixers, though, you're 100% right. Really crucial. Um, they were able to restrict the, the top order of the Hurricanes, which is, when you look at it on paper, should be a dominant top order. Ben McDermott, Darcy Short, Matty Wade, the top three, all into that. Matty Wade, the hero of that semi-final in the UAE at the T20 World Cup. And then you've got, and it was really smart recruiting from the Hurricanes at the draft, you know, the Pakistani players they brought in, though, but Shadab Khan. Uh, then you've got Tim David, who we all believe is going to be a dominant force in T20 international cricket and just T20 around the world, 1.5 million at the IPL. Asif Ali's innings was... Mind-blowingly oh. good. Just you think Sydney can't lose 13. this, and, and they me? didn't. But you know, they gee, they he kept it interesting in the end. What do you go six four six six? I think from memory, something like that. Saw it on the replay, and uh, a strike rate of three hundred and fifteen after four boundaries <laughs> and three sixes. But you're right, the sixes just did what they needed to do. Rain affected. Um, it was a tight game, as as a lot of them have been this year. The bowling tends to be holding sway. Over the batting at the moment is the early trend, but mm. the belief is that that will correct itself as the season goes on and people adjust and, and acclimatise, whatever it might be. But yeah, you're right. Uh, it's a win that the Sixers just had to have. Um, and they got it. And the Hurricanes now one and two. The Sixers are one and two. That's pretty tight at the top. Yeah, I think Cricket Australia and the organisers will be uh, quietly very pleased that these games are going deep. The crowd numbers seem to be pretty good, and the ratings numbers, albeit at an early stage, particularly as the next round of broadcast rights is 
is up for negotiation, and this competition in particular has lost a lot of skin in the past couple of years. Uh, double-header today, starting with the Stars and the Scorchers, of course, last year's champions. The Stars, we had Joey Clark at the first 100 of the season. Bowie Webster put it about you know 5,000 rows back at the MCG. Still not as big as Scoobs, mind you. And, nope. and it's, it's funny, I spoke to Dave Hussey, and I was trying to get him to talk up Bowie Webster, because now Scoobs is better, because... The bats that these kids use these days, my goodness. Oh. You know, if Scoob got a hold of one, he would have put yeah. it into the stratosphere. But uh, a big game for Melbourne. And the thing about it is that, that Joe Clark 100, too, if everyone's been saying, was overshadowed by the Thunder being rolled for 15. Well, it was. It's a, and it's a shame, really. Um, yeah, we haven't quite seen anything like what the Thunder dished up. Um, that was, you know, when extra is his equal second highest scorer, you know that something's gone horribly wrong. Uh, they'd be bowled out within six overs, a, a batting lineup that is as, as strong and talented as theirs, uh, that was pretty humiliating for a side that fancied itself and was fancied coming into this year as being a real contender. And, and they still are, but they, they'll have some demons about that um, and haven't been able to get a win since. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's tough going at the moment for the Thunder. They're one and three after four after beating the Stars in the first game. And the only teams that have won multiple games at the moment are the Strikers and the perennial struggles the Renegades, both are 3-0 and and have started the year brilliantly. So in 3-4, and four, we've got the Stars and the Scorchers who are meeting today at Junction Oval, doing that game with Liam Pickering and, and really looking forward to it um, as well. The, the thing about the Big Bash this year is we're not... The, the, we've bemoaned and, and, and not been happy with the fact that we don't seem to think we've got the Stars playing that we should have. Um, and, and I think they've gone... Not a long way, but they've gone a decent way towards correcting that this year, Jules. I think the BBL draft was didn't go according to plan, but in the end, Andre Russell ended up at the Renegades anyway. And what about his innings the yeah. other night? Yeah, and putting, over putting at pills Perth. on the top of GMHBA well, Stadium. So correct, correct, yeah. So these and these two lineups have got genuine stars uh, in and around, uh, genuine stars in both lineups. So. Um, it'll be well worth watching, well worth listening to, and well worth getting along to um, if you are listening to 11.70, but going to Melbourne. Mm. Well, you need two things, of course. Star power and closely fought contests, and we are getting that, and, and hopefully that continues. Brisbane, uh, you know, they're a hard team to get behind this year. Uh, the Strikers, on the other hand, as you said, uh, they are flying, and, and Matty Short is a leading run scorer. And this is the other thing about this competition, you know, yeah, for all your Dre Russes and your, your Alex Hales and your Faf Duplessis, you get People like Matt Short have been around for a bit and all of a sudden they're putting their name in lights with strong performances. Yeah, they are. And love seeing that from Matt Short. He's been a consistent performer, as you say, for a long time at Shield level. And um, But his game is really built for this. He's um, He's got, and I hate using this expression, I'll have to come up with that one, long levers. So he's, <laughs> he's got length about him as a person and he's able to, to really get some momentum and power into the shot that he plays when he wields the willow. And he's handy with the ball as well. Um, Chris Lynn, they're telling me, has been just a phenomenal pickup, not just for the runs that he's scoring. He's, I think he's top five or six run scorers this year. Not going at the, the rate that he normally goes at. He's accumulating more than devastating this year. But the, what they're saying that he has been able to give them as a tactical mind as well. I spoke to Wes Agar the other day, Jules, uh, on my show, and, and Wes just said that he, Chris Lynn has been so good for his cricket in just the short time he's been there. He said he's had a tremendous influence, not just on him, but from everybody. And so when you've got him and, and, and Peter Siddle, guys with the experience at international level like Rashid Khan, um, they, they, they don't really lack for much, the strikers. And I've just got the feeling that Chris Lynn, after being let go, or however that played out with the Brisbane Heat, I've got a feeling today that even though that 
lineup of Nisa and Steckity, Kuhneman, Swepson, even though that's a, a, a world-class bowling lineup, I think Linney's going to be rubbing his hands together today, and I think he will take the long handle. Um, and get great satisfaction out of doing that to his former teammates. Yeah, yeah, he'll be he'll be ready for this one. Yeah, long handle, I like that long leaves. My man Aaron Hardy, he was the one I tipped as player to the watch uh, for the Scorchers. Another one with the oh, long levers. Love that. Yeah, he can play, mate. He can seriously play. Speaking of long levers, Cam yep. Green, we got the IPL auction tonight. They're tipped to go for a million dollars or or more. Uh, you know, Davey Warner thinks that you know him and Coley could be the last of the the genuine three format players. Just on David Warner. Hundredth Test match in Melbourne, Sammy. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Are you backing him in for the remaining two tests of the series to get some runs? I think he will. Whether it be here at the MCG or at Sydney, um, putting everything aside about anything that you may or may not think about Dave Warner the person, his career is undeniable. To be back at the MCG, where it really all started um, when he played in that T20 international against South Africa and announced himself. Uh, no one had a clue who the bloke was. And then he hit, I think it was 80-odd uh, in that game uh, at the G. And to where his career's gone to, to be, as you just pointed out, a three-format player. And he's been, he has been a game-changer in all of them, really. Um, what he's been able to achieve in every level of the game and what he's done as a test opener in the way in which he goes about it. He is an attacking player. He's an aggressive player. Again, you can think what you want about him and the way that he might go about it on the field or, or the things that have happened, whether it be Sandpaper Gate or whatever it might be. But if, if you look at him and stack him up against any opener that Australia has ever produced, he's right in the conversation as being one of the greatest openers that Australia has ever produced. Without question. Uh, how's his pitch going to hold up, mate? You got your ear to the ground right. there in Melbourne? We're going to get to four days? No, look, we'll get to four. Definitely get to four. <laughs> yeah, why? because there's a bit of rain. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm scheduled to fill in if it doesn't. So hopefully it goes deep into day five. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, it'll it'll hold up. It'll hold up. Uh, there'll be no dramas there. I think MCG figured out the issues they had in the past when it was a bit of a road and, and a bit dull and they got some life into it last year. And um, it, it produced a lot for the bowlers. That was not a great pitch, Um despite all efforts to the contrary, at the Gabba. Um, we hopefully don't want to see that again. And it feels like, Jules, that we just... Cricket in the country at the moment needs a special test. Like mm. Our relationship with our team at the moment is, is, is a bit off. Um, the public and, and, and the team are not, um, you know, as close as, as they have been and the relationship's not as loving as it may have been. I saw that firsthand when I saw our India and Pakistan and Sri Lanka and Zimbabwe and those countries go about supporting their side during the T20 World Cup. That's not us anymore. So if we could get a really special Boxing Day test, I think cricket really needs it. I've just got that feeling that we had a dull West Indian series. That was a bit of a farce up at the Gabba. We need something special and hopefully the MCG provides it as it so often does. Fingers crossed. Okay. Now, before I let you go, Sammy, uh, I'm going to pop two questions up for you. I'm going to throw them yep. above the eye line. Just a yes or no answer. The first one, I think I know where you're going to go. Scott Boland to play ahead of Hazelwood, yes or no? Yes. Turkey is overrated, yep. yes or no? As as a food or a country? Because I love no, the country. No, as a country, <laughs> as a food. <laughs> 
Very good. Uh, yes. Yes. The food, yes, it is. I agree. Thank you. Uh, man after my own heart. Uh, good on you, Sammy. We'll catch you tonight. There he is, uh, Sam Hargraves, uh, doing wonderful work there on 1116 and calling the Big Bash action. Stars and the Scorchers are here that action this afternoon from 3 o'clock Eastern time. We better take a break. Uh, the text line, the Heat, have had a very deep and balanced lineup. just haven't uh, called yet. Uh, seeing Matt Renshaw have a hit in turf nets at local Premier Grade Club last Saturday while watching a club game. Renshaw is close to something big, yes. You said they've been stuffed around 465 with regards to scheduling, maybe. The thing about it is, uh, you heard Sammy Hargraves mention there, it's a decent bowling lineup, especially when Nisa plays, and a strong spin option. If Max Bryant is a big hitter, can fire. If Billings can fire, they can be competitive. Look, Mark, you're fighting a losing battle here, son. A pattern is emerging on this program. The people have spoken. Turkey is overrated. Think about that during the news headlines. Now, we have given the keys to Chloe Amanda Bailey for the afternoon program. That is going to be a wild, wild ride. Because she did inform me that she's picked up about 15k a pace since she's been taught to how to bowl properly. So I'd love to see that transfer to backyard cricket. Speaking of, Jason writes, one hand, one bounce only applies if you're carrying a beer. I think that's reasonable. I think that is very reasonable. And, yeah, another one on the turkey. On the turkey. Definitely overrated. Worst meat on the table. Stewie, though. Love you, Julian, but you won't be getting a job as Bill Collins anytime soon as your overratings are many. <laughs> well, I don't have the you know, so the canary yellow jacket that Bill Collins would wear back in the day himself. And Bill Collins, when he used to come on, and he'd always, and as a youngster, too, my head because he'd always go back to the sort of movies from the 50s, black and white. And I'm a kid. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, it's wonderful, this movie. Have a look. And then you'd have the MGM Grand Line roaring and, you know, long before your time. Charles in charge. Hello. Hello. Yes, okay. not long before my time. We'll do another one. Second hour Christmas cracker. Here we go. One, two, three, bang. Ah, uh, you oh, win this one. Okay, so I've got to pull this out. This is your Christmas cracker joke. No, it's not. That's a little card. So the Christmas cracker joke this hour. What's the fastest fish in the world? This is where you say, oh, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. What is the fastest fish in the world? A motor pike. That's rubbish. That's really... I think my favourite thing about the Christmas jokes is that you always laugh twice. You laugh at the joke and you laugh about yourself laughing thinking that's funny. Well, they they did a study on them. Christmas cracker jokes Mm -hmm. have to be bad. They can't be good because if it's a good joke, there's always going to be somebody at the Christmas table that goes... Oh, that's rubbish joke there. Oh, that's that, a good, yeah. and it but starts fights. That is so. the automatic follow-up. And you say, oh, that's so bad. How do you tell a male snowman from a female snowman? I don't know. How do you see how to Snowballs. <laughs> I just got it. We are frying in the studio at the moment. The aircon's been broken for a good part of three days, so it's very much a, a hot Christmas. So this is a, a welcome to the Australian Christmas for you, Mark. What do you got for us, Charles and Charge? Well, it's going to heat up even more because uh, I'm going to dispute some of your backyard cricket rules well, that, that you mine. put forth. They're not mine. I just read them off the list. I concur with most of them. Mm. But then you can you can tweak them yes. depending on, on match conditions, right? Yeah. So so I, I took issue with two, especially. I, I agree with a lot of what you said, especially the one hand, one bounce. I think that's a staple in any game of cricket, let alone ah, backyard. But does it only apply when you're holding a beer in one hand? I, I think it applies... At any time. And if you have a beer in hand, then that's probably even better. But the first rule I really have a problem with is six and out. I think that's absolute rubbish. If you're going to bowl mince pies, expect it to be dished right back at you, and you can go collect the ball, champ. Six and out. 
No, that I mean that is a staple of backyard cricket rules. But you shouldn't get punished for I mean, lob it the having fence. a good you gotta shot. Keep it, you've got to get the game moving. You've got to keep the game rolling on. You've got to keep it within the confines, in the bounds of the backyard. I will say the only times I'm ever able to even hit a six in backyard cricket or any form of cricket really is when my eight-year-old cousins are bowling to me and they, they don't understand cricket, so they go around the wicket. Mm. So they bowl right next to my hip and just go... Whack. You're a leg-sided player. Oh, right? de- oh, definitely. Yeah, hit it over the short boundary, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. What about, okay, here's another one for you. If you whack it on the roof and you sort of position yourself, boom, boom, it's coming down, it doesn't get caught in the gutter, you catch it off the roof, is that out? Yeah, that's out. Yeah, but yeah, do you have out. to catch it with one hand? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. It, because I think that counts as the, the wall. Yeah, okay, uh, I'm, on, I'm, yeah. The, I'm on the same page with you there. Absolutely, yeah. right. Um, the second rule I had a real issue with was retirement. I don't think you should retire. I think what happens is you reach a certain milestone, whether that be 40 runs, 50 runs. It was 40 runs in my family. But once you hit 40 runs, you change hands. So I'm, I'm normally a left-handed bat. And so, ah, and, and so then at 40, you've got to go to the right hand. But joke's on uh, my family. I'm pretty good with the right hand as well. So, yeah, don't, don't really get out. No, right. no, normally, normally I, I get out by doing some stupid ramp shot or something like that. No, eventually, you need to retire. Give somebody else a turn. No. Do you retire at 100? You no. know what, what we might play in the last hour, that song by Greg Champion, I'm at 100 in the backyard at Mums. We might come out of the 11 o'clock hour, 10 o'clock in Queensland with that tune. I'm at 100 in the backyard at Mums. I don't think it's unreasonable to retire. No, you shouldn't retire. When people call me to retire, that's where I go shirtless because that's where I really started to get the sweats. Oh, dear God. Go shirtless. You'll frighten uh, your children, Charles. You'll frighten yeah, your children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a Faf Duplessis type rig here, do you? De- definitely not. Uh-huh. Definitely more not. Of, more akin to David Boone than Faf is what you're telling me. Yeah, definitely. Okay, a bit less hair, bit yep. less body hair. A, a lot less hair. Okay, all right. So you don't agree with six and out. That's very controversial. Mm. Very controversial. Anything else you got? Uh, no, that, that, that's it really. That's it? You just want to give your two cents? Yeah, I just want to give my two cents about... Oh, also, do you pl- would you play with a, um, a plastic bat or an old wooden bat? Either or. Whatever you got. I think you have to play with an old wooden bat. Whatever you got. I think because... You play with the fence yeah. paling for all I care. Yeah. Do it Yeah. And the other thing, I was in uh, Rebel Sports the other day, and don't you become a kid when you go to places oh, like I that. I love doing go, it. You pick up every bat and you look at the trainers and all. And they have at the front, you know, this is the impulse buy. You know, it's at shopping centres and Woolies and Coles and the like, they've got all the chocolate bars, right? Yeah. At the front, they've got now the, like, the little big bash balls, that are half fluffy, half smooth. So you don't have to tape up the tennis ball with electrical tape because they're made for you now, these little swing kings. And you just, you're just waiting in line, just pick it up and just feel it in your hand. You start bouncing from left to right and you sort of break out into that shadow bowling action. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I really want to just let rip with one of these. I want to let rip. So do you, that's a really good stocking filler. So if you haven't got me, you haven't got me a Christmas present yet, have you? Uh, who said I haven't? Have you? No. No, you Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you could do worse. You could do worse. Uh, Matt, Jules, duck is far worse than turkey. Oh, what? no. I'm, I'm hopping off that, Matt. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a big fan of duck. Big fan of duck. There's no meat on that. that look, that is true. Uh, funny story from Blocker Roach, too. He said his wife had to cook five chickens in total for him and the boys. Well, I can tell you, Matt, no, I have been to Christmas barbecues at Blocker Roach's house. I used to work with Blocker. Hello, like Blocker and the Kath and the kids, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, that can put them away. They're big boys and a lovely family. Good on you, Matt. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, what will you think of Warner if he doesn't and more than likely go out on top? His reflexes and trigger movements and general footwork are gone. Well, Trent Woodhill, the batting whisperer, and his, his personal coach, uh, begs to differ. He says, from what I've seen, no, they're still there. You know, Greg Chappell had that run of outs. He goes, I'm not out of form. I just keep getting out. 
That's it. And look, maybe it applies. It'd be a bit got a good one from Rabada. You know, that one against the West Indies, a wide one he chopped on. It can happen. It can happen. Sometimes you're not that far away. And I, for one, am not yet ready to sack David Warner. Give him two more tests, and then I'll assess it at the end of the Sydney test. 0457 736 736. Bit quiet on the open line today. one 1170 Just before we get to the break, uh, a Statsy from Freshwater, if you're listening, I know you called Jimmy and Joe on breakfast this morning, and you sent Jimmy and all those... A little funky assortment of beers. Uh, am I? Uh, can can you decree, please, Statsy, that I can just take a random four out of Jimmy's pack? I'll drive to his farm. But am I allowed to do that, Statsy? If you're listening, please let me know. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Call me on the open line. What's on your Christmas menu? Uh, do you have any sporting traditions on Christmas Day? The table tennis, the cricket, the board games, perhaps. And how feisty does it get in your family once you had a few mulled wines and beers and what not under the bill. You're listening to Jules on SEN Mornings. As I went out to have a bat just the other day I had no idea what was coming my way I played a chanceless innings and I earned every run and I made a hundred in the backyard at Mum's. Oh, I made a hundred in the backyard at Mum's. I clawed and I crushed every fabulous run. I toiled and I sweated, and when the day was done, I'd made a hundred in the backyard at Mum's. Uh, that was a great Greg Champion. It could have been Champions. Made 100 in the backyard of Mums. And that segues nicely into this text on the text line from Adrian from Brookvale. I was a backyard cricket king, says Adrian. 100 not out against my brother Bruno. Did you have to retire, though, Adrian, at 100? Or do you just keep going? Like, can you get to two or 300? So six and out, we know that over the fence. Like, if, if you make the back fence on the ground, is that a four? We haven't discussed boundaries in backyard cricket. And tip and run, I tell, tell you what, it keeps you fit. If you had a couple of ales in the heat, that can pump through your system very, very quickly. Talking backyard cricket, Christmas Day traditions and competitions on the program today. Merry Christmas to all our listeners and thank you everyone so much for your support throughout the course of the year to the open line one three hundred O one eleven seventy. Hey Gaz. Hello Julia, mate. Just a couple of, I'd just like to mention what's your opinion on this? Because in, in in team sport, mm. I think you need you need a lot of things, but you need these two things to be successful, I, I believe. And one is simplicity and one is fool. If you've got those two things, I think you win more comps with, with those two things with a lot of hard work around it. Don't get me wrong. Everything yeah. else has got to happen. Yes. But I think you win more comps that way than someone who hasn't. So hang on, Gat. So simplicity. What, what was the second one you said? The fool of the game. You've got to fool the game. Oh, it's not feel. about that. Simplistic number. Yeah, fool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two things I've had, uh, had a little bit of luck over the over the decades with, and and well, I want to go back to what I said yesterday in the uh, about uh, legend. I, I honestly believe the way Canterbury is operating, I think they'll be great. They will be named the coach and and uh, and the number six Burton as as anyone else in the past going forward. I'm positive about that. Yeah, you got the early crow. The game, on the early crow on the dogs. Yeah, I know. No, no, I'm, I'm quietly confident because okay. what they've done, they've pulled it right back to their basics 
and they've got the right people at the right job. He's got the right people around him, and you need that in today's game. You, he's got, they've, got, they've got a dozen assistants. They're everywhere. Mm. There's more grey shirts than players. But doesn't They're that, everywhere. But the dozen assistants, though, Gad, doesn't that fly in the face of your mantra of simplicity? Are there too many? Because, you know, they no, say too many think, cooks you, can score a broth, right? No, no, no it's, 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 we're pulling it right back, and we need those to, to work on run, pass, kick and tackle with the individuals, the groups, from Z grade to first grade. And anyone's injured, someone just steps into that position knowing their job. That's what they're doing. That's why they've got a dozen of them. True. They've got, they've got to start from scratch yep. all over again. Mm. And that's what they're doing. And within a short space of time, within about three seasons, they will be definitely taking a leaf out of Canterbury's book. Serraldo and, and Gould have absolutely nailed it. And I've been, doing, I've been screaming out for four decades to do it the way they're doing it. And eventually it's arrived. So if you keep whinging and moaning, it will come. Well, they haven't, Righto, Julian, they haven't finished. Hey, hey, Gary, before we let you go, Turkey, do you think it's overrated? What is, mate? Turkey. Do you think Turkey is overrated? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm a bit funny, you know. On food, I go, I go, uh, I go, I go, I go chicken, I go chicken, I go fish, I go lamb. And I go pork. Okay. They're my fault. All right, so turkey doesn't give it. So I think you've just answered the question. Hey, good on you, Gary. Thank you for your input. Merry Christmas, mate. You stay well. Thanks, yeah, mate. You Bye. Too. One, three. Simplicity and feel. That was a Roy and HG thing when it came to, to the referees and umpires. Uh, Stuart, I'll get you to sit tight, mate. I've got to get to a break, and I'll try and get you off the news because I want to give you plenty of time to talk about backyard cricket. So what we can do, Stuart, is I might even get um, Charles to call you back unless you're happy to hold... Uh, Gary, mate, it's cricket season. Give it a rest. Yeah, he loves his league. That's all right. We want to entertain as best we can all the regular contributors to the program. Without listeners, we don't have a network, do we? So as wild as some of the suggestions and the callers and the texters that we have, we love them all, each and every single one of them. 0457 736 736. Simplicity. Well, you want a game plan that people can understand. You'll be the smartest coach in the world. If people don't know what you're on about or can't understand what you're on about, all it doesn't really matter. Because then there's a disconnect there. And he mentioned there, Phil Gould, you know, it's funny, years ago, I had the good fortune to, to, to work with Gus very briefly, doing some radio, and it was tremendous just to pick his brain. But he said, when it all boils down to it, in a footy team, he says, you just want blokes who keep showing up. They just keep showing up. So in that respect, Gary, yes, you're right. Simplicity. You know, the thing, and Wayne Bennett said as much, the things that won competitions 50 years ago are the same things that win competitions today. So now the kids might show up, they might take their earrings out, might take their headphones off. But, you know, trust your mate, work hard in defence and the rest of it. 0457 736 736 is the text line number. We'll take a break. Julian King in the chair, summer mornings, 0457 736 736. Now, Stuart, you called through. Apologies, Stuart. I, I wanted to give you plenty of time. I know you've got work to do, so he won't get to you after the news. But uh, Stuart has written to us and told us what he wanted to talk about, just to clarify some things with regards to backyard cricket rules. Because everybody's got their own tweak on the classics. Stuart says pot plants do count as fielders. Oh, I'm okay with that, depending on whose house it is. Like I said, if it's you know it's the prize rose bush or the bonsai plant, said so, well, listen, if you touch that, you're out, instant out. But he also said, and I said we hadn't really fleshed this out when it comes to boundaries, like what's four? So the fence is six and out, but if you hit the back fence, the deep back fence, that's four. Stewart has said, if you hit the back fence on the full, 
but it doesn't go over that six, and I think that's entirely reasonable. Entirely reasonable. Now, Mark has queued up some Christmas songs in the next day. I'm very keen to see what he has to play. Very, very keen. And don't forget, after midday, Eastern Time, 11 o'clock in Queensland, Chloe Amanda Bailey taking through to two hours over lunchtime. She's showing off her, her bowling technique. Gave her a few tips. Her batting technique's pretty good. It's Coley-esque. It's Ronald and Coley, which is her idol, understandably. Bowling, I'd just like to see a bit more momentum through the crease, uh, Chloe, but we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Ask Santa. Jules, we used to have a blue cattle dog that loved feeling at silly mid-on. Our rules are if he got it in the full year out, more times than not, he'd got people... <laughs> It's like the David Boone, the specialist short leg. The cattle dogs, I mean, they're uh, brilliant fielders too. Uh, thank you, Homer Sport. Merry Christmas to you. Isn't chicken overrated as most have it all year round, uh, but still put it on the table? Turkey goes all right, surely with ham and seafood. Love my hand, love my seafood. It just doesn't do it for me. I'll take chicken over turkey, though. Oh. I'll take chicken over turkey. Yeah, look, chicken's a bit bland. I've got a rule if I go to fancy restaurants, I don't order chicken dishes. That's when I'd go for something like, you know, duck or venison, stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily have. I said, I can get chicken any day of the week. Go to Chaga or Charlie's or something. As much as I love chicken and love a good schnitzel, but I would never order it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's common. It's common food. I'll grant you that. Ads in Shermside. Hello to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. As if Giroux was going to give a bloke who called himself the cum dog his shirt. I'm not sure Giroux knew that the cum dog was his nickname. I'm getting a bit over that now. We might have to change it. If you heard Cummins speak, someone might debate he speaks. Oh, you mean Cummings? Yeah, speak. Some might debate he speaks English. Well, you've got an authority on Scots people who speak English. Well, it's lovely to have your last text of the year ads in Chermside. <laughs> That's your number blocked. Goodbye. Sorry, uh, you didn't understand any of that. Apparently. One hour to go, the final edition of Summer Mornings. Before the Christmas break, Julian King on the chair. Keep those texts coming in. Christmas traditions, contests, backyard cricket, table tennis, board games and the rest of it. We're going to have some fun with some Christmas songs in the last hour of the program as well. Call me in the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and we'll endeavour to get through the rest of the texts. 0457 736 736. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the final hour of the program, wherever you're tuned in on SEN 1170 in Sydney, SENQ 693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast via the SEN app. We've been talking backyard cricket rules and sporting contests, traditions in your family. Could be cricket, could be table tennis, could be board games, anything along those lines. Uh, There's been pretty vigorous debate. Most people are in agreement about, you know, the basics. You know, you tip and run and no LBWs and can't get out first ball, six and out and the rest of it. Uh, Chloe Manabale, who's on after me, um, mentioned it. I can't believe I forgot about it. Uh, electric wiki. So you don't have a wicket keeper. So say, for example, you're batting, you might have the esky or a bin as your stumps. You nick it. You don't have room for a keeper. You nick it. Electric wiki out. So automatic caught behind. But then the question is, well, how wide? So if you nick it and sort of all thick edge it and goes to gully, is that also electric wiki? I would say no. So I reckon you've got to mark out your parameters. Stretch it out to maybe second slip and maybe a leg slip. If you nick it within that space, then you're out. 0457 736 736. Not sure it's going to be a happy Christmas for Junior Ramon, the Dragons 5'8". As I said at the top of the show, well, oh, Jesus wept. Spent the night behind bars. He was denied bail, Junior Ramon, after an alleged hammer attack on a roofing contractor last month. What goes through your head? It was him and his dad. And they chased this poor man down the street, armed with hammers, damaged this young man's car, a tradie's car, climbed into the roof of the property, this man called the police. Police allege that aggressors chased a 39-year-old victim onto the roof before he was allegedly pushed and fell from a two-storey property. So Junior Ramon alleged to have swung a hammer at the tradesman during the altercation. Then there was a foot race 
before authorities arrived. Treated for injuries to his wrist, arms and hip by paramedics who was taken to Wollongong Hospital. Detectives have established Strike Force Chickham to further investigate the matter. As I said, we'll await the outcome of this investigation. Presumably, Junior Ramone will be stood down under the NRL no-fault stand-down policy, but not far-fetched to suggest he's played his last game for the St George Lawara Dragons. Moment of madness. Potentially, we don't know, as I said, but potentially thrown away his career. And you just scratch your head. And as a Dragons fan, it saddens me. As a citizen, it saddens me that people act this way. But what is happening to the culture of that club, my beloved club? Then Ryan Webb says, you know what... We're just going to bury these questions in a member's survey about a potential name change. That's fine. You're allowed to ask the question. You need 75% board ratification for any name change anyway. I'll tell you now, it will not happen. It will not happen. But what hasn't really been answered is why they've asked the question. What has prompted you to ask the members this question? It's pretty newsworthy. But the members have spoken. As if they're ever going to uh, uproot themselves from any geographical location, given the great history of St George. 56 to 66. And you could argue that the Red V is the most recognisable symbol in the game of rugby league. One of the most recognisable brands in any sport in this country. I mean, Southern Dragons, I mean, give me a break. It is a farce. And again, you're entitled to ask the question. I'm just not entirely sure why they felt the need to ask that question, thinking that was probably never going to get up anyway. Very, very odd. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. that is the open line number. What's on the menu for Christmas Day? If you've got a tip for the best pork crackling, I'm all ears. Further to that, backyard cricket rules. Do you play the Pictionary? Do you play the Balderdash? That's a good game. Banana, Grands Monopoly. Do you have any Christmas trade traditions in your family? I don't know what the Broncos would be eating, but Alfie would be getting sloshed first. Sammy Thido would be embarrassing uncle for sure. <laughs> Do you reckon? He loves a beer, Alfie. He loves a beer. He's different, Sammy Thido. He's very different. Uh, just on Gaz, what do you mean like... Yes, I love Tiger, Rooster, Dragon, Bulldog, Dolphin, etc. Fair enough, he loves his league. He does love his league. Gary is a wonderful contributor to the network. We don't always have to agree. There's plenty of listeners who disagreed with my take on various issues throughout the course of the year. Some say, you know, that I'm too woke, too apologetic for the likes of Pat Cummins and the rest of it, or trans athletes. Doesn't matter. We all love our sport at the end of the day. Find common ground. Let's just be nice and civil to each other. Be kind to each other this Christmas period. Uh, Jules, Eddie Raffle, backward a point. It's out, says Mitch from Robertson. Ah, oh, see, I don't know. So you're basically saying any thick edge backward a point automatically out if there's a war. That is harsh. That is harsh. You know, you're talking Gabba pitch areas there, Mitch, and by that I mean heavily weighted in favour of the bowlers. Heavily weighted in favour of the bowlers. G'day, Jules. You put the stumps in front of the garage door, covers the wiki and slips, can do the same on a fence. That's a really good idea. Turkey meat sucks. Brad from Barara, you're almost clubhouse leader. You and I are cut from the same cloth. And the good thing about it too, yeah, you put it in front of the garage door. And if you nick it or you miss it, it's that loud, <laughs> that thud. And so the bowler, you know that the bowler's there. And it probably makes the ball sound like it was delivered a lot faster than it was. So weren't the Southern Dragons and NBL team, Joe Ingalls, Rookie of the Year. You might be right, Tim. Thank you. But yeah, stumps in front of the garage door, that's reasonable. But I'd, I, I disagree with you, Mitch, that if you sort of Thick edge it to sort of a point or backward a point region. That, that's automatically out. I think that's a bit harsh. That is a little bit harsh. 0457 736 736. Give me a call as well on the open line, one 1170 Open slather 
On this 23rd day of December 2022, we're in the festive spirit. We are frying in the studio at the moment. When Charles comes in in about 20 minutes' time, we're going to do another Christmas cracker. Regale you with a Christmas cracker joke. And if you've got any good Christmas cracker jokes, let me know as well. Let me know on the text line. But uh, Mark, who's been a wonderful addition to the SEN family, is his first hot Christmas. Very much looking forward to this, uh, although he thinks turkeys are, It shows a lot about his cultural background that he rates turkey. Yeah? Yeah. What about guinea fowl? Never had guinea fowl. Okay. No. Do you, you guys don't have pigs and blankets here either, do you? Yeah, but that oh. went out in the 70s along with flares, mate. What? Pigs and blankets. So, hang on. So, pigs and blankets are like the... A sausage, yes. a little chipolata, yeah. wrapped in bacon. Correct. Yeah. No, gorgeous. we have it. Okay. It's not that big, though. Okay. Yeah. We, call them, we also call them kilted sausages. We used to have, like, um, the dates... Dates wrapped oh, in that's bacon, yeah. horseback, devil's horseback. Or I something don't know like what it's the called. The, the dates wrapped in bacon. Yeah, well, I don't think I've done that since the eighties, though. No, not for yeah, me. Yeah, for good reason. No, for good reason. Now you've compiled a list of Christmas songs. Now just be very wary. I don't want to hear Mariah Carey, but because you're on the buttons, I just, I fear, I fear that I might. And we can rate these too. Well, I have, I have my top five. Okay. If you, I'd like to. Like, I mean, listen, I had a lot of background in in music radio back in the UK. I love my Christmas music. We so were jocks. Uh, yeah, no, I wasn't a jock, mm. but you know. I love my Christmas music, so I've, I've got the ultimate top five, and, and anyone that disagrees with me, they're wrong. Any listeners want to disagree yeah. with me? Everyone's entitled to my opinion. Yeah. yeah, everyone's, yeah. I'm right, you're wrong, shut up. That's what I'd like to say about mm. my Christmas music choices. So I've got some honourable mentions here. This is Chuck's uh, favourite Christmas song, first of all. A classic. Oh, the weather outside Dean Martin. is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow. That's that's an honourable mention. And my understanding is that song was written in honour of the Great England fast bowler John Snow, who Dennis ah. Lilly rated very highly. Yeah, right. Okay, not the guy Snowy. from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and then you know the ugly Australian spectator tried to grab him on the boundary. Snowy. Yeah, Dean Martin was a big fan of field. <laughs> Test yeah. cricket. Even though it was before John Snow played <laughs> Test match cricket. Yeah. He's very yeah. prophetic, Dean Martin, if nothing else. Absolutely. Um, on Royal Engine, didn't make the top five. Your favourite Christmas song, which is? Didn't make the top five. Not made the top five. It's a bogus list. No, you're wrong. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. Band-Aids. At Christmas time. Well, that's enough of that. We banish shame. Yeah. Okay, listen, just I'm going to stop it there. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just let it bubble in the background I'll bubble. I'll while bubble. I talk here. It's a beautiful song, of course, uh, uh, hastily assembled by Bob Geldof, Sir Bob Geldof, to get all the top artists in Britain, Bono and Sting, and Bono sang the famous line, and Duran Duran and Boy George and Wham, George Michael, the rest of it, they're all there. And, and Banana Rama. Phil, yeah. Collins, <laughs> Phil Collins was on drums. This bit here. Left-handed. It's a great tune. Still holds up. But, but, but here's a trivia question. 0457 736 736. Don't cheat. Don't look it up. That first line, it's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. Who sung the first line of Do They Know It's Christmas? Do you know that? Who sung the first line of Do They Know It's Christmas? So the line, it's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. And this is the Bono line. Give it some atmos. Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. Iconic. Iconic. 
iconic. Bob Geldof said to Bob, Bono said, I'm not singing it. Oh, there's no, I will not sing it. And Geldof said, I wrote that line just for you. And I think it was Siobhan from Banana Ram was next to him. He said, Bono belted out. He was so, so loud. <laughs> so loud. 0457736736. Or call me in the open line. Do they know it's Christmas? By Band-Aid. Who sang the first line? It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. Bit of trivia. Non-sporting trivia on the program this Friday. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. Text me in, call me. Who sang the first line of Do They Know It's Christmas? Top five. Go. Top five Christmas songs. This is, I, I've, I've had a lot of thought about this. It's whether you think it's right or not, it's relevant. It is right. Your opinions don't matter. Only facts matter, and these are the facts. So number five. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Michael Bublé. Lovely, isn't it? Everywhere you go. The number five Christmas song. He's Michael a good Bublé. character. I can't warm to him, though, Bublé. No, oh, he's a bit smug, but he is Mr. Christmas. So that's number five. Number five. Uh, number four is an artist I know that you love, Julian. I know you, you know love. that I love. I know that you love this artist. This I have told you as much. Yes, this is number four. The iconic Cliff Richard, Saviour's Day. Born in India as Harry Webb. Look, it's no wide for sound. Can you please fade this down? This okay. is just awful. Number four, the number four greatest Christmas song of all time, Cliff Richard's Saviour's Day. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How, is, how is that in the top five and not do that now it's Christmas? That's number four. Listen, I don't make the rules. Sh- These are the shonky list. Uh, number three, your favourite song, I believe. Oh, dear. Only number three. Could be worse, could be one. Only number three. But that's no consolation. Mariah Carey, an absolute classic. You can't deny how iconic it is. Didn't she try to sort of put some kind of patent on this that anybody that used the term, I don't know, anyone, whatever. Number three, Mariah Carey. Number two, this is a modern one, but I think it's an absolute classic. Number two, are you aware of this one? This is Kelly Clarkson. How is Kelly Clarkson? No. Number two, no, Kelly Clarkson. No, it's got to be Bing and the rest of it. Sorry. This is oh, ridiculous. Charles just got into my ears there and he is not happy. He also thinks Clarkson should be higher as well, actually. Kelly Clarkson, the number two Christmas song. I see a real uh, generational gap here. Le- well, you can't just have it because it's the ones from your childhood. I'm spanning all time frames here. I've got Cliff Richard and Kelly Clarkson. You're However, spanning from crap to crap. The number one Christmas song of all time is... Wham. Wham. See, this I can get around. There we are. You can't deny that it's not the best one. This is great. Oh, no. So it gave this woman his heart and she gave it away the very next day. What a bitch. (laughs) Last Christmas I gave you my heart. There we are. Bit of George Michael. Bit of Wham. 10 minutes of my life, I won't get back. Thank you for that compilation, though, Mark. One, three, hundred. I'm still, if I'm doing my list, do they know it's Christmas? Band aid is number one to the open line. We go from Kedron. Hey, Stuart. Stewie, g'day. Hello. Hello, mate. How you going? Good. Good morning. Merry good Christmas and the rest. You got an answer for me? Yes, same to you. Uh, Paul Young. It was Paul Young. Can we ding him or give him a round of applause here? It was Paul Young. Yeah, had a couple of guesses. Uh, somebody. Um, McGrath Hill Tiger on the text line. Paul Young sang the first line. Uh, Matt's his boy, George. No. Uh, do you remember that song well, Stuart? 
It's a great tune. I think it still holds up, but Paul Young is sort of one of the forgotten names, and I'm going through. Do you remember the songs that he said, Every Time You Go Away, Love of the Common People? Remember I Lay My Hat, that's my oh, ace. You had that, you had that big weird hairdo at the time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm looking at a, a modern-day photo, and it's big and weird still, just a bit greyer than it was a good part of 35 years ago. <laughs> hey, what's on for Chrissy, mate? Oh, just, uh, just to catch up with family and... Um, just enjoy, just enjoy their company. Uh, haven't been able to do it the last couple of years because of COVID. So, yeah, it's a good point. Um, so yeah, appreciate that. Good that. point. Good point. And and before I let you go, Stu, do you have any sort of Christmas tray traditions? You play backyard cricket. You get in the board games or anything like that? Um, no, not really. No, not really. Um, no, not really. But it Sounds like you enjoy your family's company. <laughs> yeah, it's it is all about the kids. You know, I'm sounding old now. As, father of two with a bunch of nieces and nephews but it absolutely is about the kids. You stay safe Stuart, thank you mate and Merry Christmas Okay, thanks Cheers, Cheers mate, cheers. Uh, Stewie says, favourite Christmas songs, Frosty the Yobbo and Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues You know, it's weird Stu, I was talking about the Pogues last night, a good friend of mine Ian McCulloch, now those who tune into High Ground when I do this program on a Monday night I do a segment called the UK Report Ian McCulloch was a journo Prominent journo in the UK, spent many years here too, covering local sport. Used to work for AAP, and I told him a story about the Pogues, and I can't remember what it was. It I was at a, maybe a gig at Camden Lock or something like that, and um, their lead singer Shane McGowan. He went out. They were about to play a gig. He went outside to have a smoke or whatever, and the security wouldn't let him back in because they thought he was some kind of bum off the street with a long beard and the missing teeth as the air ride. And oh, I'm lead singer of the band. Yeah, righto, buddy, on your merry way. They wouldn't let him back in. By the Pogues. Ha, ha, ha. What a B-I-T-C-H. Left your best line of the year to the last day, Jules. Mitch and Ron, thank you so much. Yeah. George Michael gave away his heart. She just gave it away like a cheap piece of turkey. Disgraceful. I've always been a Warner fan, says Steve. I think he's done. Three years since he scored a tonne with an average under 30. I was prepared to give him this summer, but if you can't score runs against the Windies, he isn't scoring them against India or England. Let him finish in Sydney. Well, Steve, I guess it depends on how he performs in, in Melbourne and Sydney, doesn't it? So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Paul Young, every time you go away, love of the common people. So those were the two big hits for Paul Young back in the 80s, but now known as the man who sang the first line of Do They Know It's Christmas. Take a break. Back with more. Dashing through the bush in a rusty holding ute Kicking up the dust Esky in the boot Kelpie by my side, singing Christmas songs. It's summertime and I am in for singlet shorts and thongs. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Christmas in Australia on a scorching summer's day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Christmas time is new. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty old and new. Turn SEN mornings into a request line for Christmas too. Mitch Robertson, Rusty Holden, Newt, and the other one here uh, from 400. Uh, Nathan, Merry Christmas, Nathan. Favourite Christmas song, Aussie Jingle Bells, Bucko and Champs. It's a couple of uh, Greek champion songs we had today after I scored 100 in the backyard at Mum's. Yeah, beautiful. Parramatta Tragic, hands down the best Christmas song. Nelson Eddy singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Tell your mate, listen to it on YouTube. Judging by his list, he must be under 25. Yes, Paratragic, unfortunately. I'm on the other side of the desk. I don't control the computers or the buttons. It's out of my hands. 
Suffice to say, just like you, Paratragic, my list would have been vastly different. So there you go, Mitch. There you go, Nathan. There's a nice one for you. Another one that I like, I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with this, but I used to live in Darwin. And this was sort of written off the back of Cyclone Tracy, which decimated the city in 74. Uh, do you remember this song, Bill and Boyd, Santa Never Made It to Darwin? On Christmas Eve of 74, the warning sounded out for all the broadcast stations. A great storm was near about. The girls and boys asleep in bed. Tomorrow was the day. Their mums and dads all prayed the mighty storm would turn away. Santa never made it to Darwin. Disaster struck at dawn on Christmas Day. Santa never made it into Darwin. A big wind came and blew the town away. And on it goes. And the reason that resonates, I mean, I wasn't born Christmas 74, but my family, including my brother, who was very young at the time, uh, lived in Darwin. Mum's family was in Sydney. They flew down to Sydney Christmas of 74 to spend with mum's family. Uh, great fortune in some respect because they were out of the city when Cyclone Tracy struck. And then they wake up to the news. You know, it's a different back in the day. It took a while for that news to get to anybody. It's not like today, social media and the internet and the like where it's all instantaneous. And it wiped out everything. It floored the entire city. Our house was gone. Pile of rubble, nothing more. So dad had to head back and sort of salvage what he could from the remains. And he found, you know, a few bits and bobs, bits of mum's jewellery, and that was about it. And so he's never seen devastation like it in his beloved city of Darwin. So then our family relocated to Brisbane. That's how I ended up being born in Brisbane and then eventually moved back to Darwin for a number of years and went to primary school there before moving down uh, to Sydney with mum. So, yeah, Santa never made it to Darwin. It's a lovely tune. Lovely tune by Bill and Boyd. Christmas songs today, SEN mornings 0457 736 736. And we've been talking backyard cricket rules throughout the course of the day. Uh, Paramount, Paul Mark, obviously struggling in the Aussie heat. Bit of a mixed bag of Christmas tunes. Yeah, they are not popular. Showing that heat stroke is kicking in. Uh, hand him a cool drink to rehydrate, Jules. Yes, I may have to. Paramount, I'm 32 minutes away from the first beer of Christmas. Don't you worry, pal. Uh, Jody from the lake, Jules. Merry Christmas to you and your crew. All the best, mate. Thank you, Jody from the lake. And, and if I haven't thanked you already, all the contributors across the network. And I've been very blessed this year to fill in for Matty White, for Jimmy Smith, and the Crunch Time and Sports Central. Uh, pretty much done every program on the network. And I'm enjoying the family here. And the family does include you, the listener, because without your listeners, without the engagement, well, it's not radio, is it? Some agree, some disagree, but I love you all, each and every one of you. And I just want you to be safe and healthy over the Christmas period, and we'll catch you all in the new year. Uh, Andrew, Kevin Bloody Wilson did a good Santa song. <laughs> Was it Kevin? I always get Kevin Bloody Wilson and Rodney Rude mixed up. Uh, Mark, you probably wouldn't have heard of them. Suffice to say, we cannot play it on radio. I have heard Kevin Wilson, and yes, correct. Santa Claus, yeah, where's my bike? Yeah, and, and I'll leave that as well. Now, Daisy. Has got back in touch. If Mark wants an Australian adaptation of Pigs in Blankets, try Cocktail Frankfurt stuffed with grated cheese wrapped in bacon cooked on the barbecue. Uh, Daisy, can I just say, as as sort of 70s Australian as that sounds, you couldn't pay me to eat that. What? Cocktail Frankfurt. They are awful, Cocktail Frankfurt. Stuffed with grated cheese wrapped in bacon, the heart attack waiting to happen. Yep. Sounds great. Daisy, I'm all aboard. Don't worry. Have you heard the expression DST? Diet starts tomorrow. Yeah, no. Give that a go on the barbecue. All right. Well, you might as well try that as you scoot up to... The Central Coast. So, Jules, don't you like turkey at all? What is your usual stand? No, look, I don't dislike it. I just think it's overrated. I wouldn't go to it first. For me on Christmas, you know, I, I like the white meat. Certainly a, a beautiful pork, pork crackling or a pork belly is lovely. Fresh prawns, seafood, oysters, get into that. And you know what? If it's really hot, uh, you know what I like is a mango salad 
with some fresh mint and a little bit of chili. Mango salad with mint and chili. Superb. A lovely palate cleanser too on Christmas Day. So there you go, 465. Yeah, look, turkey's okay. Just, you know, for some reason it seems to be the staple of the Christmas menu and I'm not so sure it's quite as good as a lot of people make it out to be. Rooster Mars, hello to you, my friend. G'day, Kingy Bagpipes and Co. The best Christmas song is Kevin Bloody Wilson. Another norm. I'm with you, Kingy. In fact, Bagpipes should be deported for playing the crap music. Nah, we need impressive buttons. We do love him. Look, no one's perfect. He who hath not sinned can cast the first stone. Rooster Mars. Seriously, boys, Merry Christmas. Happy, healthy New Year to your families and your good selves. God bless. Kind regards. Thank you, Rooster Mars. Uh, to you and yours likewise. My friend, um, this one, uh, Merry Christmas, Jules, to you and the SEN family. Quick Merry Christmas to all our servicemen and women who are away uh, servicing our beautiful country. Yeah, well said. Thank you, 885, for that lovely sentiment. Muzza, regarding background cricket rules with my kids, now is the classic one hand, one bounce. When I was growing up, I played cricket with my neighbour from Croatia. Uh, his dad made homemade wine. We would set up many white styrofoam grape boxes as fielders. If you hit them on the full, was out. Otherwise, they'd just stop the ball from getting to the boundary. Great memories. Yeah. Oh, the other one too, if you ever played driveway cricket, Muzzer, you kind of knew where the drains were. So they go, it's going down the stormwater drain. Run, run. run. The thing is that you can only pick up, you know, I reckon the top speed because chances are the, the, the bitumen on the road is scalding hot. So you're not in barefoot, but you're probably in the pluggers, the thongs. Let's be honest. I mean, they're not the the Nike vapor flies. You're not getting the top speed in the pluggers. So you sort of, you know, they're slapping around, and then you you have a thong blowout, and said, "I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone." Headlines coming up. Julian King with you on SEN Summer Mornings. Just some sad news too in the rugby league world. Newtown Jets legend Ken Wilson has died. He passed away in Bankstown Hospital from pancreatic cancer. It is a nasty, nasty scourge. Pancreatic cancer. He was 71 years of age. See some lovely tributes coming in from Gus Gould and others. I guess he would have played with him at the Jets. A resilient and creative, Wilson played halfback with Newtown and Penrith during the 70s and 80s, renowned for having a wonderful kicking game. He played for Newtown alongside the legendary Tommy Radonikas during the club's 81 grand final loss to Parramatta at the SCG. He also, Ken Wilson, kicked the field goal in Newtown's famous 1-0 win over St George in 1973. I know of it, a bit before my time. And earlier this month, uh, the Sunday Telegraph had revealed that Wilson was fighting for his life. Doctors had given him between two and 12 months, diagnosed with cancer three years ago. And he had an emotional interview with Phil Rothfield. And he said, the doctor's telling me there's no more treatment. This was after two and a half years of chemotherapy. But then he said, please don't write that I'm complaining. I've had a great 71 years. I wouldn't change a thing. He scored 1,001 points for Newtown, the most in the club's long and proud history, including 28 field goals. So rest in peace, Newtown legend, the late, great Ken Wilson. Phil Gould has tweeted, so sad to hear the passing of my mate, rugby league legend Ken Wilson. Words don't do justice to describe the man that he was or what he meant to me, my life and career. Very, very sad today. R.I.P. Kenny, champion man. And he says more on Kenny later. So yeah, nice words from Phil Gould, but Vale, Ken Wilson. 0457 736 736. The best Xmas meal is a hydraulic sandwich. Nothing beats them. Is that something rude that I don't know what it means and I didn't read Anyway. This has moved swiftly along. Charles in charge, back to the final time today. Hello, two buck. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm I am back, and I've got a few things to say about uh, Mark's Christmas uh, Christmas top five. His, mm. his musical choices. How correct I, it was, and you have no other. I'm pretty this. sure that's not what he's going to say. No, no, you could definitely hear in my ear uh, some criticism coming from the producers' booth. But uh, look, I, I did agree he redeemed himself with Last Christmas, but I'm more of a fan of the remix version. Hit it, Mark. Are you serious? 
That's Crazy Frog's remix of uh, Last Christmas. People are twisted. Uh, (laughs) Seriously twisted. I'm sad to say that I heard this version before I heard the original Last Christmas. Uh, I I thought this was the original version of Last Christmas. That is understandable, but it's also unforgivable. Do the listeners want to call in now and complain about my list now, do they? (laughs) Tell you what, you you know what, you're on the naughty list of both of you after that. (laughs) Both of you. Um, And now, just like Mark, I'm going to redeem myself a little bit. My favourite Christmas movie, the one I always watch on Christmas Eve, is The Polar Express. um, With Tom Hanks. With Tom Hanks, yeah. Yeah. Um, Love that movie, it's absolute bits. My favourite song of it. Die Hard's the greatest Christmas movie ever. It's not a Christmas movie. It, listen, this just has been... It takes, this has been, just because it takes place on Christmas about it, doesn't make it a Christmas movie. A, a Christmas movie has no. to be involved in the plot. The plot needs to be about yeah, Christmas. it was Christmas. Yeah, but it, right? But other than it's the Christmas at the start, there's no there mention of Christmas. He's having with families. He had to celebrate Christmas with his family. It's a Christmas movie, end of story. It's a great movie. It's just not a Christmas movie. It's a, okay, listen. I'm pulling rank here. It's a Christmas movie. Okay, uh, okay. swiftly along. What's okay. next? Well, no, can I argue that Iron Man 3 no, takes place during Christmas? Would you call that a Christmas movie? Sure. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Only because I really want to get off this topic now. <laughs> He's diehard. No one's ever discussed that ever. Please. No. I'm going to put them to sleep. What, what is your favorite Christmas movie, Jules? Die Hard. Of interest? <laughs> okay, other I than, just other... said it. You don't listen. <laughs> well, other than Die Hard, I'm asking. Quintessentially Christmas. Uh, Elf. Yes, that, 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 oh, that's, that's one of my favorites it's as well. It's a great one, yeah. Yeah. Overrated. Overrated, you reckon? Why is it overrated, Mark? So uh, you're saying it's like the turkey of Christmas movies. <laughs> no, because turkey's nice and elf is overrated. There's a real cultural disconnect yeah, here. Are I you think guys going to pull another cracker? I think we need some time apart. Let's do that. Our yeah, last Christmas last cracker. Christmas our last cracker. Christmas cracker jokes uh, for the morning show. Yeah, pre-Christmas. Here we go. I won, by the way. Just wanted to make that it's not a competition. Make that known. For Charles, yeah. Here we go. This is a very good one. This is a sports-related joke. Like so it. it's, it's quite fitting. Why was Cinderella no good at football? Because uh, she kept running away from the ball. Because she had no ball to go to. Or she had no ball to something like something with a ball. See, that's better than what the joke is because her coach was a pumpkin. Oh. No, I've heard a different version of that because she kept yeah. running away from the ball. Cause she ran away from the ball. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. I'm a yeah. bit, I'm, I reckon we should write. Some I of don't those. know who's responsible for these Christmas crackers, but they've got some questions to answer. Well, like the jokes aren't bad. Where's the toy? Oh, uh, there was a little puzzle in my last one. Too. Was there? Yeah, a bit of cardboard. Rip it up. I don't. I don't know if there's a. Yeah, keep looking. Anyway, uh, do we have any sports? Oh, news oh, or? I've got a, a Christmas crossword puzzle. Okay, might, might do that in the break. Right. Okay, nerd. Yeah. Go. Anything else? No, that's it. That's just, it. No, well, this is my last time. No, before, no sports updates or anything like that? No, this is my last time on air before Christmas. Just want to wish everyone a, a very safe, very happy uh, Christmas to all, no matter how you're celebrating. Uh, Chris, here, yeah, you've come in late, and forgive me. Sometimes when they put you on the spot, you, you miss the obvious ones. You know, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, number one Christmas movie. That was that's, really, that's, my, a, that's a banger. My favourite scene, and not the whole honey look at the lights, was when they'd overcook the turkey. They're all sitting around the dinner table, and he goes, oh, turkey's fine. He goes to carve it. <laughs> <laughs> it just, just deflates. deflates yeah. and they're all just like flossing and, you know, <laughs> swishing the water around their mouth. It's vintage sort of Chevy Chase, situational comedy. You know, it is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Yeah, it is one of the best. Uh, yeah, Merry right. Christmas, Jules. Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a have a safe and happy new year as well. Thank you so much, Charles in Charge. 0457 736 736. Jack Frost with Michael Keaton. I've never seen that, Lee. But I'm going to add it to my list. And the good thing about it is if you have all the streaming services, they now have the, the Christmas category. So, okay, this is easy. I love Elf. The kids like Elf too. And it's really hard to get the kids to sit down and get through an entire movie. 
So they got to like it in the first five minutes or forget about it. And they do love Home Alone as well. He's a bit of a classic, you know, the classic Kevin McAllister. Now, Staffy from St. Clair is asking the important questions. Does beer pong count as a sport? Staffy, my word, it does. It's funny, Mel here in the office says, what about beer pong? I said, look, if, if it involves a ball, it's a sport. Matt, just on backyard cricket, uh, Binger, Brett Lee once told a story that they had a backyard test where brother Shane batted for two days. <laughs> <laughs> when Brett finally got him out, Shane announced the test was over. That's it. I mean, when you have that kind of that degree of sibling rivalry, there's no quarter asked, no quarter given, is there? James, this is very funny. This topples uh, the last Cinderella Christmas cracker joke. Went to buy a Christmas tree. The shop assistant asked, are you putting it up yourself? I said, no, I'm putting it in the living room. <laughs> uh, I love it, James. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, also says, all fielders behind the wicket have to be seated. Uh, so one of those sort of the, the fold-out chairs, perhaps. So you've got a beer in one hand, if there is a behind the wicket, because you might have it up against the, the fence or the garage door, as some people do. And this is what I'm saying. Different grounds, different strokes are different folks. So if you're behind the wicket, you're seated and you nick it. That's not bad, James. I don't mind that. Three, four, zero. If someone is in too long, chin music, then switch to beamers. You can't bowl beamers. Don't mind a bouncer if you're on the driveway because you're not getting a tennis ball up on the thick grass, but you can't bowl beamers. Nana, your term to bat. Nana's in her mid-70s. Just give her one straight to the head. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. Good morning, Julian. Uh, I want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. I reckon four bounces and over is acceptable in backyard cricket, greenkeeping, rooster. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We'll take that sort of uh, anything goes attitude. Thank you, greenkeeping, rooster, and thank you for your contribution and your support to the program and indeed the network this year, one of our very loyal listeners. And the garden's looking great too, by the way. Uh, is hydraulic sandwich a schooner of beer? Says Jody from the lake. Yes, what is it? I looked it up. Oh, you did? Thank it's you. Just a beer. Okay, because sometimes yeah. people, and I read these things out, and I go, I don't know if that's sort of code for something really rude. Yeah, well, I, I am finding the definition of this on Urban Dictionary, which is not a safe place to go to, but it is safe. It's just a beer or an ale. Okay. Yeah. Hydra- hydraulic sandwich. Yeah. I've never heard that expression. Does anybody use that expression? I've, I've never heard it. So you're going to knock off, hit up the coast, cook some prawns, and have a couple of hydraulic sandwiches? Apparently so. So how would you describe it sort of in, in Scottish colloquial pint. terms? Just pint. Pint. Yeah. Go yeah. for a pint. Couple of tinnies, maybe tinnies on yeah. the train. So I had a couple of brews. Nah, that's a few American. frothy ones. Buy the froth off a couple. I say, I say, back I, a few ales. I say few some ambers. skewy, skewy moimoys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All Robert Downey schooners. Yeah, more syllables than is necessary. <laughs> Buzz Light beers. More syllables than is necessary. Dalai Lagers. Okay, uh, thank you. <laughs> Charles is funny. Turn him off. Turn him off, please. <laughs> you know, the minute he said Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, you know, he, he's voided any contribution to the program. Uh, Murdoch Masilla. To be confirmed, will be a good addition along with uh, Nick Luitoso, who has great leg speed and comes off the back fence. Uh, Sats described him to me as a Moses Leota clone. Yeah, I did read that, actually. He's been in the Penrith and Cowboy system. A Q-Cup player of the year, ready to go and set the tone for the pigs. Thank you for that text. 0457 736 736. Warner is cooked. Reflexes, trigger moves. Gonski, I say. Oh, you also wanted, just to reiterate those backyard cricket rules, I'll do those very, very, very quickly. Uh, choosing teams. So you've got to sort of balance it out, have the right mix of parents and kids and young ones and old ones and drunk ones and sober ones. Uh, taped ball, I think, is allowed. Taped tennis ball. Absolutely. Uh, the bat could be a plastic bat, an old cricket bat or a fence paling. Doesn't really matter. Can't get out first ball. No LBW. Tip and run. If the wicket's against a fence, electric wiki. You're allowed to lob a few underarm if you can't bowl. You're certainly allowed to sledge. One hand, one bounce, or one hand off the wall or off the roof. Six and out, if you launch out of the fence and the batter has to go get it. 
enforced retirement. So if you get to a certain figure, yep, or if you knock over a pot plan or smash a window, then sorry, that's straight out. And that's it. I think that's pretty reasonable. If you disagree, let me know. We'll take a break. Trying to watch Jules here for the Dragons. Look, I don't know much about in terms of upgrades there, 465. But from everything I read, and I could be well off the mark, I have a feeling Little might be first cab off the rank. Best moment for family cricket is a really bad LBW call against father with three sons all going up shouting, how's that? Father throwing bat. We all pretended the call. It's a legitimate. We've got to gang up on dad, Dragon Dan K. And I think that's well played. I think that shows great ingenuity on your part. How many slip slash gully fieldsmen do you have? Otherwise, some of us bat all day. Well, that's a good chance to bring in our next guest. She is taking the reins after the news at midday in New South Wales, 11 o'clock in Queensland. Cabby, Chloe, Amanda Bailey, welcome and Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Hello, Merry Christmas. Thanks for saying my batting technique is quite Coley-esque. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, my favourite. People say anything's now to curry favour, <laughs> won't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Looking forward to what you've got coming up. Uh, no doubt you're going to continue this thread that we've been talking about this morning in regards to backyard cricket rules. Now, you have your own in your family. Yes. Tell me. Do tell. Okay. If you hit the ball on the ground into the and it goes through to the pool yard, it's a four. Yep. If you hit it up and it lands in the pool, it's six and out because no one wants to go swimming for it. Sure. Six and out in the paddock. Six and out if it goes into the next door neighbor's yard because no one wants to jump the fence, right? I think that, that's fair. Yeah. Then we have electric wiki. Yep. Not which uncommon. is an absolute farce, though. At my mum's, well, old place. This is our family home where we grew Why? up. Why? Why? Because it's the retaining wall is the electric wiki. How wide does it go? The retaining wall is like six or seven meters long behind you, okay. and I'm like, what have you got? Like a seventh slip uh-huh. in? <laughs> so it goes back to the. So you're saying you could have a thick edge would fly to sort of backward point, and that counts as an. Now see, that's not fair. Yes, that's not fair. Yes, I reckon it extends to about second slip, and that's it. And also different rules for older brother. Mm. Um, he can't get out first ball, but if he bowled you first ball, no, you were gone. No, that's wrong. That's you know, wrong. just all those. <laughs> well, you ought to get a lump of coal in his stocking for that. Well. I've been learning to play cricket, so I'm ready for Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, I'm you're ready. Fired up. There's no backyard cricket rules really at my dad's because he um, backs on to like a big, um, like gun range, and we just have free reign. <laughs> we have free reign of it, right? It's just open field, so there's no like six and outs. That doesn't and stuff. sound remotely dangerous. <laughs> no one's there with guns on Christmas Day. You're warming up your rotator cuff. Now we've got a mountain of Christmas crackers, so yes. you know, be risk of me not to share one with you right now I don't know, on the 23rd. So go. Is this well, dangerous? I heard it's, it's just not, before when you nearly took someone out. They're not with... high quality. Okay. So you're not going to lose an eye. Okay. Ready, Please set. Please let me win. And, oh. and you have one. And don't think, hang on. She's won. There we go. She's won this. And now you've got to pull out the joke and you've got to read it to our listeners. There's no jokes, though. Oh, there are jokes in there somewhere. It's a Christmas word search and the first word is candy. Mm. Oh, your... you've got the joke. No. You... Okay. Read that okay. out for us, did please. Did you look at the read... answer? No, I did not. What often falls but never gets hurt, apart from me. Say it again. What? What often falls but never gets hurt? Uh, the first wicket. <laughs> I don't know. Snow. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what often falls but snow. never gets hurt? Is it snow? <gasps> it's snow, but that's a oh. good answer because it's rain, so that's close enough. Rain, rain. Same snow. thing. It's Christmas. Same thing. Any kind of precipitation. That's true. Why kind of... Well, okay, it's Christmas. They know we're in Sydney, Australia because mm. it rains all the time. Yeah, and you can wear that uh, tissue paper crown. Cannot wait. Do you actually wear these on Christmas Day, the tissue paper? There are two types of people. Yeah, I do. One who wears it and one who doesn't. And if it's hot, it sort of sticks to your forehead, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, and then they rip. Thank you, Chloe. We're going to catch you after midday. (laughs) Thank you, Jules. Chloe, Amanda Bailey. We'll take a break, wrap things up.